boys. Hello, and welcome to the Salacast on Sunday, the 10th of January, 2021. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Sleeping better than Rob. And not sleeping, Robert Kemp. Boys! Oh, God. <laughs> Got that wrong. <laughs> Imagine that all night. Just a, a breathing snore followed by boys. <laughs> breathing boy out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> boy. yeah I've got the Major Nelsons in me, that's what it is. Yeah, boy! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be the weirdest snore. I suppose you could... Um... Yeah, I don't know about the exhale part. I don't know about the boy part, but I suppose it's possible to like uh, inhale a little bit, like going, yeah. Well, people go like, me, 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 <laughs> on the exhale. <laughs> oh, I can't remember who it was, but I was running with someone once, like for a, for a, for a decent length of time. And his, his running breath sounds like he's going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe he is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe it's self motivation breathing. <laughs> I've been watching um, uh, Agretzico on 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 Netflix, and there's a there's a bodybuilder character in that who's only uh, the only word he could say is protein. <laughs> protein. Pro- well, because I don't know Japanese pronunciation of protein. I guess. Oh, okay. But, but he's like protein. <laughs> I was listening to an old um, Adam and Joe where they were talking about you know the grunts that are made by the tennis players. Some of them are ridiculous, like when oh, they hit yeah, the ball, yeah. they make, especially some of the women in Wimbledon go, woo, or whatever, every single time they hit Whee! the ball. And mm. they, he was ma- making some fake ones where it's like hitting the ball, it's like, I'll kill you. Uh, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> just, that is, just that is the subtext to those yeah, grunts, yeah. I guess. Uh, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know if I could do anything that would make me exert that sort no, of noise. No. I don't know. It's clearly designed to put people off, right? And they just claim that it's a, you know, just a natural exertion. I mean, it helps with their, um, the actual shot, but I doubt it does. I wonder if they're. Think- I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like they're they're in some sort of flow and they're thinking about the grunt, not the shot. And it distracts them in a sort of Tetrisy kind of way. And they yeah, just yeah. Anything you can do to throw people off, right? Doesn't seem to work though. Like the top players don't do it, do they? Oh no, I'm pretty sure there's some, <laughs> some, some up there mm. that really that really go for it. I'm sure I can't remember who it is. I'm just, yeah, I'm sure there's a dude. There's it's one of the hot like top end dudes who every shot is like a uh, like like it's got a really long tail like a it's not just like a, yeah it's not like <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should put those in the tennis ball as it flies past yeah yeah like those nerf whistles or whatever like that'd be that'd be interesting Wee wee. Probably could could you make a tennis ball? No, that made no, it, would, it would it would, it would screw ruin it, the it? Yeah. screw the aerodynamics completely. But yeah. Oh well. Wee wee wee. Unless you somehow made it so it was exactly the same density and something, but inside the ball there was a speaker of some kind, so it's just making <laughs> it's digitally making a whistly noise inside the ball. Hmm. And then when it goes out, like the ball should explode. 
Like Rocket League. <laughs> That's like the opposite of Rocket League. You need it to, you need it to only explode if it goes out, but you also actually win the point. Mm. <laughs> Which I guess you always do, but not like yeah. in the out same way always. as like deliberately winning a point. I want I want Djokovic to be pulling shards of tennis ball off his forehead. You know? <laughs> Just, just, you know, a little bit of uh, bendy rubber. Just go peel. <laughs> because for some reason, the tennis ball shards would be sticky. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe they heated up so much that they, the, the rubber is melted. <laughs> it sticks <laughs> to things. There must be rubber in there, I'm guessing. I don't know much about tennis balls. Yeah, I think I think the, the main shell is rubber of some kind. Yeah. Under all that fur. Fur. What even is the fur? Is it? It's not natural, right? Well, it can't be. Can it? I mean, I it probably know. was at one point. Uh, yeah. Fluff. The yellow fluff of tennis balls. Is it yellow? Is it some form of green? Yellowy green. It's high vis yellow. It's high vis. Yeah, it's definitely yellow, isn't it? Why do I think of it as green? Like a very light green. It's definitely yellow. Well, yeah, high vis yellow has that kind of green yeah, edge to it, though, I guess doesn't it? Does, it? Yeah. Yeah. Ambisibility. How is everyone? So lack of lack of sleep. <laughs> I mean, I've yeah. got that headache behind my eyes brewing. Right. You know that that type where you're a little bit overtired. Yeah, I don't like that one. How's your sleep, egg? Western democracy Not, is crumbling. Great. But like, <laughs> What what affects your sleep? I don't know. That's the problem. It's just like I just occasionally get a random night where it's just like, oh, I just didn't feel tired and then accidentally stayed up too late. And then sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's just like I went to bed and then I just woke up. It's like the opposite. Mm. Do you get out of bed when you wake up early or do you just stay in bed? It depends how early. Because like if it's really if, if the worst case scenario from just waking up is when it, when I just wake up at like five. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's bad. just like what the hell. Yeah, I get that. That happens to me all the time. Like almost every night, I'm I wake up at like four or five for a, for a bit, and then have to try and fall back. I think I realised one of the problems that one of the main things that causes that for me is like if I get if my feet get too cold which is why i have like an extra blanket on the end of my bed and then if it gets too cold in the house it's like well better get the hot water bottle or otherwise i'm gonna wake up <laughs> i hate right. having a hot water bottle in bed i really do i i've got these um i used to have problems with cold feet and i tried things but like i've got these slippers which are really really good they're like sheepskin on the inside and they're a full-on boot because i know some people like to be able to just slip them on and off and so they don't have any kind of heel in the back you know but I just want like the warmth to enclose my feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah, the kind of slippers that I prefer, and I really need a new pair. But... I would, yeah, definitely uh, recommend these uh, with sheepskin on the inside. Very nice. Because um, my brother gave them to me because they were his, and he, he just brought them at Christmas last year. And he was like, "Oh, I don't need those. Do you want to keep them?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, sure. That was the best <laughs> Christmas present. He didn't even intend it." Uh, now I need to find some new ones just in case these need get stinky and need replacing. Um, I think um, that weird. Have you ever come across LL Bean? They're like an American, Northeast American slash Canadian maybe company that make like they, outdoor wear. Are they? Are they made by LL Cool J? 
L L Bean. <laughs> Ladies love Bean. <laughs> that's what it stands for. Because <laughs> that's what LL Cool J stands for, right? Ladies love yeah. Cool James, right? Man, that's a very uncool thing to call yourself. Um, but yeah, LL Bean has like the most extreme reputation for you know how Marks and Spencer's like was always had a good reputation for you could take anything you want back and they'd give you a refund or exchange, right? Like I'll take your word for it. Traditionally, yeah. I don't think it's probably not true anymore, but it used to be you could always take things back to M&S if you had a problem and they were super good about everything. Uh, well, LL Bean is that on super steroids. Like you could take stuff back after like 30 years and say, oh, it wore down. <laughs> and then they would just replace <laughs> it, uh, which I think people abused ridiculously, but it was part of their brand or whatever. But anyway, um, they make good slippers. So I'm going to try and get them from them, even though they're American. And let's not hope you've just incited some kind of uh, policy abuse. Oh, there's tons. There was a whole, uh, there was a whole <laughs> This American Life story on the amount of abuse that that policy has got over the past like thirty years. Uh, it's hilarious because you know Americans, they'll just <laughs> they'll chance it. Yeah, they're like, oh, sod it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you said. I'll, I'll take advantage. Whereas we're like, I, oh no, I, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> I kept the fine print, and now, now you're mine. <laughs> anyway, to warm feet, I recommend that. But yeah, I, I'm hoping to try the extreme tactic. Um, if I manage to buy this flat and I have a separate bedroom and living room, like an actual adult, I'm hoping to try the whole no phone in the bedroom ever technique. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Um. So I should be able to have my Apple Watch in the bedroom on charge, and then if I get some emergency phone call, I will at least get notified. For me, the phone stays in the bedroom most of the time to kick me out of bed when uh, I've, someone wants to go for a run. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Oh, I see someone messaging you <laughs> saying... Well, me, you be, me being late for Saturday Park Run or something like that while Park Run was a, was a thing. Yeah. So then, of course, because people use their phones as their alarm clock, so you have to have a normal mm. alarm clock if you don't have the phone in the bedroom. Have an Echo Dot. Yeah, or some shit. So I, I will see if that works because, you know, definitely, you know, scrolling through stuff in bed is not good for sleep. It's never really been a problem for me. I've never really done that, just sit in bed scrolling. Like no, I don't think that. I would like. I don't think I'd be comfortable sitting up in bed. It's not comfortable. No, or lying not. down and looking up at a phone. Either way, it's not comfortable. I'm barely comfortable sitting in an actual chair. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should reconsider your chair. Well, I mean, that's the trouble. Is like, how much are you willing to spend? How much time are you also willing to spend? Because you have to. It's not like when you're in an office or whatever, and maybe you have like you know ergonomics guy come yeah. deal with that for you <laughs> you have yeah. to go out there on your own and be like what do i know about ergonomics not much really <laughs> lumbar support <laughs> i'm just gonna sit in this chair and see if it maybe supports me in a way that seems like it's probably right <laughs> i mean it might be worth a, a, a 10 minutes of investigation given you're sitting in the chair like 20 well, hours yeah. a day i mean that's uh, what i managed to do with this current chair and it's definitely better than the last chairs that i had but it could still be better than that. <laughs> Need to do a time lapse of your, of, you know, of your chair sitting in profile. 
and then review it to be like, well, how I think, much longer? I think maybe the problem is less to do with the chair specifically and more to do with just I can't maintain posture at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, I sit in all kinds of weird positions and it just, like, I don't even realise I'm doing it. It just happens naturally. Mm. This chair I got, fancy chair, like, it has all kinds of, you know, it's got a head rest on the back and it's got like fancy adjustable arms but really the thing that's good about it is the shape of the back you could probably get rid of the arms and the headrest and stuff and all that really matters is the the that is comfortable on the back yeah i'd, I'd, pr- I'd pretty much never use a headrest and i i do kind of use armrests but i wouldn't miss them if they weren't there yeah um, I don't, I don't. I don't think that. I, if I could remove them, I might, I probably would. Because the other thing that I, <laughs> my weird requirement that nobody else would have in an office chair is I want to be able to sit and play my guitar, <laughs> and, the, and the arms get mm, in the way. Absolutely. So, well, that's yeah, why I like, had to get an office. I had to get a chair which has arms which you can fold up and down. Because I sometimes mm. I need the armrest and sometimes I don't. It's basically mm. if I'm using a controller, I want the armrest. But if I'm using the keyboard, I don't want the armrest. Right. So, yeah. Same. Same for if you get the steering wheel out. It's like. Armrests are bad for your elbows. Well, yeah. yeah. So it was like a whole other situation where you have to like <laughs> be even further away from the desk and stuff. It's like I think I've mentioned this before, but I would I I I think gaming chairs can be quite comfortable, but why do they have to look like racing seats? Because be that's so... the market, right? It's for stupid but, <laughs> for people is... with no taste, right? AKA yeah, gamers. That's, <laughs> but that's kind of the I really wish it wasn't. Can't they just like have some like the, the shape is kind of okay. It's fine, right? Because that's what makes it comfortable in some respects. It's like, but it's when they like make them absurd colors and then they always, always put a logo on the headrest because of streamers. It's because they. It's like, it's like I don't yeah. want that. No, uh, but that's the market, right? It's like I mean, sure RGB everything. A black one with just some of that with the logo on it. Just get an office chair. Get rid of the color part. Yeah, but not all off. The problem is, as soon as you start looking for office chairs, you hit the realm where most of them are terrible yep. or ridiculous money. Yeah, and it's like, and weirdly, gaming chairs actually fit the bill quite yeah. successfully in that re- at a reasonable true. price point to comfort, but uh, just look like trash. I think the trick that um, I didn't do, but um, my friends is is get the the really good office chairs you know sec- on a discount or second hand or something or like re- from mm. from an office that's selling them because of coronavirus and they they, they can't afford the office space anymore. sure yeah like um you can well, i mean i've definitely get done that with like bog standard office chairs because that's where the offices have worked people, people really like those <laughs> herman miller aeron ones i'm not oh such yeah, a yeah, big yeah. Fan, but you can get those cheaper if you know where to look i think and that's like a bit of a that's a trick but they I are, like yeah. my one better. My one's like a steel case. I think it's better than the Herman Miller one. <laughs> yes, but yours, yours, yours got custom made in Germany. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Germania. Made in Germany. I keep accidentally order things that are in Europe that get hit by some horrific customs charge. Yeah, it's a real problem. Well, it potentially is a real problem now. Yeah. I think I got charged VAT twice on on some clothes that I just bought. Oh God! Yeah, don't know if I could be bothered to sort that out. I don't know how you even would. I guess you have to talk to customs. Yeah, yeah, can't be bothered. (laughs) Boo earns Brexit. Boo earns. Fuck you, Brexit. I've noticed, speaking about posture and stuff like that, and I've just noticed it now, that I always, 
always sit with my legs crossed in some fashion. I mostly do. Personally. But it's like, but it got to the point where, where if I'm sat down for long enough, it's like I notice like maybe the top of my knee or something where the, of the supporting leg then ends up getting a bit irritated because it's like, oh, I've noticed my leg is there. Um, uh, or, or I've been putting my weight on on that one leg because I've been leaning around and stuff. So then I try and swap it around, or I try and uncross my legs, and then it feels even weirder, like because I'm forcibly trying not to cross my legs. And it's well, like the problem, the problem that I have is because I I only cross my feet essentially, so I always have one foot kind of over on top of the. I other. do I, I do that in bed. That's Wait. like yeah, I'm always I'm always crossed just in the feet in bed, but when I'm sat down, it's like knee over knee. Which then if you don't pay attention to that for too long, you're like squashing the blood out of one of your feet, essentially. And that's one of the <laughs> other problems of getting cold feet is kind of in the harm's yeah. way that. But then like, it's just, that's the natural position. And if you if I deliberately try and cross them the other way, it's like, this doesn't feel right at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't swap it. I, I kind of wish I hadn't become aware of it. Well, now you get to sit like this for another three hours. <laughs> well, I've already moved twice <laughs> since we've been talking. <laughs> trying to shift, because now I'm aware of it. I'm trying to shift into a very awkward sort of lounge position on this sofa <laughs> that I probably won't be able to maintain for very long. I mean, Whilst also looking into a mic. In that, in that manner that's in the you know, ergonomic leaflets. Because the reality is, Zach, there isn't some ergonomic inspector going around checking if no. you're sitting up straight. They just put, you give you a stupid leaflet or like a stupid PowerPoint presentation. Like, and, and no one sits like that. <laughs> I don't know. I never understood keyboard trays. Do you remember that? Where the keyboard Keep... is on a little thingy that slides out underneath the desk or... Oh, yeah, no, I kind of do. Depends on the... Like, if you're... I guess it get, puts extra distance between you and the screen, which some people, I guess, like. But well, I guess it depends if you have anything else that you also want to put on the desk. <laughs> do on the surface, yeah, yeah. Because there, there's there's still a thing for like musician desks, yeah. And some, you know, like they all, but instead of putting the keyboard in there, they'll put the the keyboard in there. Right. Oh, I see. And they slide <laughs> out the actual keyboard. The actual oh, keys. That's quite good. Yeah. Mm. There's a few of those about. Maybe I'll have to like, actually get serious about that whole um, desk situation when I <laughs> move house. <laughs> I kind of gave up on that, thinking, you know what, the desk I have is pretty practical, but it's like, oh no, you're that thinking one of replacing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've always wanted monitor arms, and oh yeah, you know, it would make it would make sense if I'm moving into a sort of studio environment to potentially get like a. Or, you know, a room I could use as a studio, get microphone arms properly sorted out and things like that. That's my thing that's stuck in Belgium, is monitor arm. It's supposed to yeah, be delivered by Friday, but it's going to be next week sometime. Never mind. I'm too impatient. I set up the monitor with the built-in stand for the time being. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I sort of had that in my head when I, that I was just, I'm just going to do that immediately when I buy my next monitor. And then I, then I bought the monitor and didn't. And it's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> Actually, the stand that came with this monitor, I thought it looked shit in the photos, but it's actually fine. Um, but I think with the arm, I'll be able to put it further back and uh, it will make more room slightly on the desk. I might consider investing in still having a little ledge there. So I've got like a two-layer desk. Mm. 
just so it sort of slightly tidies away the crap you tend to put under your monitors. Yeah. Well, I've got various boxes under my, so I've got the audio interface, which I'm talking to you through. Yeah, things like that. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And I've got that. my DAC, which is basically my preamp for the, um, well, because I have a little hi-fi attached to my, yeah, for, for sound. And then on top of that, I've got an HDMI switch. Uh, no, because actually my new monitor's got two HDMI inputs, but it's it's for switching between the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation. But the key thing is it, it extracts the audio into optical, which I can put into the DAC. Ah, nice. Yeah. Uh, various boxes. <laughs> mm, well, yeah, it's just all, that's where all my like storage boxes and gubbins are for various bits of like batteries for controllers and stuff like that. And uh, wires and USB hubs and actually quite a, a couple of Xbox controllers and stuff live under my ledge. And, Actually, there's a load of batteries under there. <laughs> yeah. Just look at it over there. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be madness. It sounds like you might have space for a, a good long desk. <laughs> yeah, maybe. well, it's got to have enough room for my actual work and yeah. this stuff and my gaming PC, so it's going to have to be fairly sizable mm. um, for everything you get in there. And still be comfortable, and potentially fit the three of us in there when we when we can do podcasts that way again. Oh man, it's going to be coronavirus central. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll all be vaccinated, so it's all good. We'll have to get like broadcast hazmats, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. erecting like plastic screens between us. <laughs> That's the random section. <laughs> yeah. You got any, because uh, there's so little news, have you got any uh, uh, film news or film section or something or TV well, we section? The, we watched The Gentleman last night. Oh, yeah. Um, which was the most recent Guy Ritchie film, I think. Oh, did I? With, I, um, I don't think I did watch that. I think I planned to watch it and then never did. <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh, cool. With Matthew McConaughey and um, Hugh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 decent. A lot of swearing, lot of swearing, but in a sort of funny. It does the it pulls off the Guy Ritchie thing well, if you know what I mean. It has violence in it, but it's all it's not violence for violence's sake. If you see what I mean, it's like yeah. it's, it's it's so it doesn't it doesn't doesn't annoy gnome in the set like some films like Harry Brown and stuff does. Oh, that was too, like ultra violent, though, isn't it? Yeah, where it's like so so bleak, but it's. And it's, it's pretty funny in spots as well. So it's, uh, yeah, enjoyed it. Cool. Decent. He, he's very hit and miss, isn't he, Guy Ritchie? Uh, I don't know. I like most of his stuff, honestly. Do you like his King Arthur thing? <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> That's um, totally terrible. Uh, I didn't see that. But I quite like his take on Sherlock Holmes, you know, the um, oh, yeah, Robert, quite, Robert Downey right. stuff. It's like they're, yeah. they're not Sherlock Holmes, as you traditionally know. Them. No. They're an action film, no. but they're, like, they're yeah, still pretty they're good. Decent yeah. film to watch at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know all his all the original stuff like Lock, Stock, Snatch, and Layer Cake. They're all Stone Cold I, classics. Was Layer Cake Guy Ritchie? I thought so. Maybe oh. it isn't, but I thought it was that. It's it's just incredibly similar if it isn't. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, Lock, Stock. <laughs> I love Lock, Stock when that when that first came out. I still think it's good. That's because it is. 
Yeah. Vinnie Jones. <laughs> Sometimes make fun of me because my flatmates live at Budley and so like, you got to get those guns. <laughs> <laughs> get those guns. Got to get those guns. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, so sort of. Did you oh, I've started the, watching um... Mando. Oh, way. you have. Oh, what do you think so far? It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm only like four episodes in, I think, but it's yeah. pretty it's pretty good. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nothing more to say there then. I mean, it's exactly as you described. Mm. It's like just it's there's no, it's not not much of a plot. It's just no. sort of things happen. Yeah. Are you getting the kind of video gameness of? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. meander from thing to thing to do. And I think it, it the... doesn't. It doesn't. You know, the fact that it you basically is mostly filmed inside a video game, like it's filmed inside Unreal Engine mostly. <laughs> yeah, uh, doesn't hurt. <laughs> you know that sense. Uh, it's done really well because, like, in the sense, yeah, I was kind of expecting the areas in which they all moved in, in, in like. To, to do those shooting to be kind of constrained but because of the whole Volume video thing. wall setup they use to actually film it in but they do a decent job of making it feel bigger yeah they do yeah um however they however they've done that yeah yeah it's clever stuff and um, and yeah it's just just really fun and and just just a good thing all around i have spoken the level of fan service gets a bit ridiculous, but but I was talking to John about this actually, John Barlow, and um, because he's really enjoyed it. But I didn't realise that he was a Star Wars guy, and he read all the extended no. universe books like back in the day. I guess do you remember that? Like everyone was in the library at, at Ipswich School trying to get out those extended universe Star Wars novels. Um, no, I think most I was playing of... Angry Bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I, re <laughs> I reckon that's where he he got that because the or none of that's canon. But what they're doing is like just ripping off ideas from the old decanonized stuff a lot, um, um, <laughs> just to get it back in there somehow. <laughs> yeah, well, like they've got Grand Admiral Thrawn has been back in um, canon from in the kind of animated in Rebels or whatever. So. Um, he actually gets mentioned in Mandalorian eventually, but it's just a mention so far, um, and stuff like that. But it's quite it's quite funny. So he was just saying that Vanessa has been watching it, and you know, of course, all that super fan service stuff. She doesn't get those, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter, you know? Right? Um, yeah. Because I'm probably not going to get that stuff either. So it's, yeah, honestly, yeah. So yeah, definitely enjoy that. Did you watch the uh, that? Weird Charlie Brooker thing on Netflix. I did actually. Which, yeah, that that was all right. It was I mean, all it's right. basically it's basically America wipe. Yeah, but... it was America wipe, which is kind of weird, right? Um, but it had quite a lot of Boris Johnson stuff in it because he can't help. Had a, had a, right? Yeah, he can't help it being a bit UK. I mean, I think yeah. that was the when Noam and I were watching Death to Twenty Twenty, we were we were sitting here going, okay, it's a bit American focused. Mm. He's like he's he's been Netflixed up, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, and it's a, and he was he was clearly making this, but you know he clearly didn't couldn't do a twenty twenty wipe because no. he was making this. Yeah, um, this is the uh, but it, yeah, but it was pretty well done. Like it I thought it was done. I thought it was weird that they took um, oh, I forget her name. Is it Diane? Anyway, oh, the the, the ginger yeah. lady. It's like and they didn't just use Philomena Kunk as the as the character. Oh, they gave her a different Diane Morgan. Yeah, 
Yeah, Diane Morgan. That's it. Yeah. Who, who I, who I, I, you know, I'm pretty, I'm quite a fan of the Kunk character. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's, yeah, yeah. But um, so, so it was a little bit of a shame that they twisted her into something slightly different. Slightly different. Um, yeah. Pretty similar, but slightly different. Yeah. Um, and uh, and apparently the guy that plays Barry Shitpeas was um, directing some of the scenes or doing well, he the was um, questioner, the director, right? I think for, for that... some of it, yeah, yeah. But he, so he was the like the producer of Screenwipe, I think originally. That's oh, was he, he as well? From, yeah. Okay, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Also, also the best name, Barry Shitpeas. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, it I don't know. I would have preferred a, a, a traditional wipe, I think, but like yeah, because it, it was basically too. like Screenwipe, but with Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, my favorite was the, and of course this was before all the riots happened um, this week. But my favorite was the character of the, you know, the the like. Uh, soccer mum neo-nazi conspiracy oh, theorist. yeah the, 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 i mean the way that that twists to get worse and worse yeah. as it goes and you're and just I, like yeah but no, as well. i mean it was it was pretty well done but in, i kind of i didn't like it for the obvious reason like i yeah. didn't like it because it's like it's so hateable and so real it's too real yeah yeah <laughs> but she's brilliant i mean she i i was like i recognize her and she's um she's that that um the first wife in um the wolf of wall street right before he meets margot robbie or whatever i haven't seen wolf but yeah oh that's quite good i've only seen it once um but yeah i've seen her in a few things and she's really good and i'm like i want that character to come back she's uh, yeah it's almost too real isn't it especially now right Mm. Uh, because that's literally the kind of people right the, yeah, absolutely. tricked into being literal terrorists, and, and, and also how the kind of kind of the legal system works, and like the whole wasn't there? There was something on Twitter the other day where there's something like where you can, as long as you say you're you're a bit scared, you've got quite a lot of uh, rights to do bad stuff <laughs> in racist situations. It's yeah. it's really it's really frightening. Yeah, like that fucking woman in Central Park, right? Who was having a go at that guy? What she was walking a dog or something? Did you see that? That was ages ago. Oh, yeah. That was insane. Um, I can't remember the detail of it, but yeah, it's. You just kind of just have to say you're a little bit frightened, or it's like, oh, you put me on edge. And it's like, yeah. Suddenly all bets are off. Yeah. But that was cool, though. America. I kind of want more wipe, though, but we did get antiviral wipe, so that was good. So maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What was that joke where he's like, you've got to you've got to wash your hands for as long as it takes to sing happy birthday twice. Happy birthday twice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm done. I did quite like the segments they had with the the scientist and they were just putting random B roll up (laughs) and he's like, You're not taking this seriously. (laughs) That was good. Yeah. So check that out, it's on Netflix. Decent. And of course we watched Eurovision again, because Right, because we can nail for ourselves. Because why not? Volcanic Enough. protector man. It's great. Watch Eurovision. And now for video games. Uh, Maybe we'll get. No... Do you reckon we'll get a real Eurovision this year? Do you reckon they'll just find a way to do it? No. 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 Like you know, be, be, I mean, they don't need a crowd, right? I mean, they. Mm. Maybe no. they'll figure out a way. I don't know. I mean, all that all it is is people performing. They could have done it this year, honestly. Like, like okay, they cancelled it all pretty last minute, right? But they could they could have still figured out a way of just like, like let's just watch show the videos one after the other, and then have a voting process. It yeah, could have but, been done. 
I guess they could. I mean, it's all it easy. is. It'd be a lot easier than something like Glastonbury, right? Where you can't, you basically they can't do it this year. I don't think. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see. I mean, they did something. I quite enjoyed what they did do, even in twenty twenty. Well, it was I, it was, it was okay, but it kind of sucked because they didn't ever let a song just play. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a sort of a snippet of what they had as well and it was yeah it's, it's like you, you want the you want a Eurovision night to be the full uninterrupted performance and it's true with all its madness and mistakes and okay yeah you're probably not going to get stage invasions during coronavirus but you know I wouldn't put it you past might. some people <laughs> yeah yeah you might I mean they're saying the Olympics is happening they're saying yeah i don't know they might, are they gonna have to do like they're gonna make i guess that's another one where it's technically plausible right in the same way that they did the all the big sporting events like was it cricket world cup where basically the entire athlete village just bubbled right I, or I bake know. off for that matter it's <laughs> just like right We've made our own little separated village where there's no, there's no, there's no virus. Slightly more people for the whole Olympics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a hell of a lot of people. It's pretty unrealistic to, to to run the Summer Olympics this year. I mean, presumably they're betting on some amount of more vaccines happening by that point. Well, apparently the Japanese are waiting and are not doing the vaccine program yet. <laughs> they want us to be the guinea, guinea pigs, I guess. I think everyone does. Yeah. Well, it kind of also depends on whether they purchase them in advance yeah yeah they could be spinning it that way it's like yeah we're just waiting and seeing what happens whether it's going to kill people well that's uh, what i assume um, Australia we actually don't doing, yeah. they're like yeah. england have clearly been too hasty in, in avoiding all their like proper checks and balances it's like well i mean yes maybe but that's also could be a convenient excuse for why you didn't yeah <laughs> yeah behind the scenes they're like nah mate they bought all the stock we're screwed. Stroof, we're screwed. <laughs> I think I think maybe the, like the more it's less of I think it's more likely to be less a situation of like the literal safety. Like there have been some like allergic reactions or whatever. But like I think it's less going to be a matter of safety, more about do they actually work? <laughs> How well do they work? Do they work against the strains that are gonna come? Yeah. I yeah. really want I I just want one of those RNA ones, but they I'm back I'm I'm sure once we get to it in six months it'll be like, Oh, here's the AstraZeneca one, the boring British one. <laughs> I want mm-hmm. the one that works in the cool way. <laughs> Because the <laughs> Pfizer one and the Moderna one are, have a, are this cool new RNA technique that's never been used before, right? And they're both awesome. Hipster vaccine. Yeah, hipster hipster vaccine. Give me the hipster vaccine. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, if you could if you could cure hipster with a vaccine, I heard that if you take all all you know, if you take both vaccines, then you can transmit five G on two point four and five gigahertz bandwidth. Wow. <laughs> Through your bubble hat. Yeah, <laughs> to your blood. <laughs> oh, boy. Can't wait. I had anyway. Before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, have you, have you, either of you had it? I haven't, no. had, I haven't had it. Yeah, because people, people I know obviously have. 
I haven't known anyone. I've not been in contact with anyone who's had it or, you know, even close, I think, to anyone that's had it. So I've been quite fortunate in that way. I know people that have been tested and I know people that work in COVID wards. um, Yeah, yeah. But um, they've all been clean, fortunately. Amazing. Apparently one in 30 people in London has it right now. My boss has got it. um, And one of my clients or our product owner has got it. Yeah, it's bad times, yo. Yeah, bad times. Remain indoors. <laughs> I mean, it's easy. Yeah, pretty <laughs> I'm easy. quite used to that. <laughs> yeah. And distract yourself with some video games. Um, speaking Woo! of which, there's no news about video games this week. Very little. Um, the only big story being that Nintendo have bought Next Level Games. Who most recently did the Luigi's Mansion Three game thing on Switch? That was them, but they've been working with Nintendo for forever, right. um, almost exclusively. Exclusively, so it's somewhat surprising that I I kind of thought they might have already been under Nintendo's wing, to be honest. But yeah, that's kind of the only real shaky thing happening, I guess. News. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that Microsoft tried to buy Nintendo back before Xbox and they were just got laughed at. <laughs> Which is quite well, funny. Yeah, but like before Xbox, it's like, what exactly? Well, apparently. Why, why would Nintendo sell to them? They have no confidence in Microsoft as a. Uh... Well, the pitch was like, Nintendo, like, you're really good at the games, but your hardware is like clearly behind like sony and stuff so let us do the hardware and you do the games and and, and we'll make a bunch of a bunch of money uh and they just got laughed out of the building <laughs> i mean it wouldn't, wouldn't have gone too badly presumably like the gamecube was was the weakest of the three at the time so if you imagine if ninty just put their games on xbox instead yeah that OG Xbox might have been a machine. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and maybe that was before or during development of GameCube, right? Wouldn't have been. Yeah, it would have had to have been. Yeah. So you can kind of see the logic of the Microsoft pitch there for sure. Um, but anyway, I mean, but but <laughs> glad it worked before, out this way. But what was before GameCube? I guess Microsoft's only real like exposure to Ninty would have been the N sixty four, which yeah, yeah, is kind of a. So I guess they were an saying, oddly ropey platform yeah. for, for, for many for third parties in many ways. They must have been thinking, well, the N64 hardware is a dead end. Like we can help you out. We just we'll take care of the hardware and you do the best games. And then you were like, don't worry, our little purple lunchbox is going to kick yeah, your ass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the real, the real, you know, the real commercial success was the Wii, obviously. Sure. Um, yeah. No, no one saw coming. I don't think anyone saw coming, even the Nintendo fans, because it was totally different to what I really like about Nintendo. Really, like I don't really care for the Wii particularly. I still don't fully understand exactly ne- even now why Wii bowling was the it was, thing. It was right. So, yeah, Wii Sports was just ludicrous. Everyone had it. People who had no idea about video games. Imagine that the market non-gamers buying <laughs> buying your console 
buying a home yeah like a pile of cash and they, they can't repeat that really because the switch like is a machine for gamers really i mean it's cool you can you know you can take it with you and you can put it you know but it's that doesn't have that some insane of the appeal some of the wii sports stuff is actually on that 51 world games collection like it's got pretty much yeah. the same bowling game in there with the same motion controls using the joy cons but it's one of those things um, where it's like it's a it's a fad right like a bit like guitar hero where like 100 no one buys yeah. it now yeah well motion controls in general like who who does that mm. now exactly and it works so well they sold so many wiimotes that just sit in in drawers now i can't really there aren't really many switch games that really use the motion controls no, they kind of had to much have, anyway. They, they kind of had to have it, you know, just to continue that legacy, I guess. But no, no, I, I've never used my. Uh, no, my, uh, I mean technically the Wii U had it as well because you could use your Wiimotes on the Wii U. But the Wii yeah. U was a was was a games platform as well, like primarily, if you know what I mean. It was a yeah, just a, for, a for the gamer <laughs> like take on the Wii. Yeah, exactly. I think that didn't quite work. It was a bit awkward, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's worked. I mean, the Switch is perfect for me, but for the, all those millions of people that bought the Wii that aren't really gamers, they're not going to do that again. No. Yeah, there were things that I think could have could have bridged it, but they perhaps because like I don't know things like Connect and Xbox Fitness and that kind of stuff. Like yeah. they could have bridged that gap, but. But maybe they wouldn't have because, hey, it's on an Xbox. Well, that was the strategy of the Xbox One. There was to double down on a broad appeal, like non-gamer stuff, like the Connect and TV. Right? Yeah, that was the whole idea, and it was a spectacular failure. Well, the, I mean, it has the problem that it's still an Xbox. Yeah, like I don't know. Maybe if they had positioned Xbox One as, I don't know, like give, give it some other snappy name. Like I don't know what you call it, but. Fucking Microsoft Home. <laughs> well, no, you wouldn't call it that. Though. You can't yeah. call it that because then it's got Microsoft in the name and it doesn't okay. work. You just, Zoom you TV. To... Yeah, yeah, that, that'd be okay. <laughs> the all box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's kind of what that, pre- that um, launch of Xbox One presentation was all about, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and then the fact that they literally have patched out the connect completely is, yeah. Buy into the future slab. Yeah. And now what they've got is an awesome games machine with with no games. <laughs> with no games, yeah. <laughs> it's gone a bit wrong again. Oh, but they've got time to fix it. They did, they and their, their strategy is... They are, they are writing the ship, but it's a yeah. really big ship. <laughs> Let's throw cash at it. Buy Bethesda for two billion. <laughs> yeah. How much was it? No, sorry, that's wrong. Many billions. More, more than that. Many, many billions. Many billions. But Bethesda need to actually make some good games. <laughs> I mean, they've got a lot on their plate right now, don't they? Yeah. Well, I guess that Skyrim sequel has to be good, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they can recreate the success of Skyrim. Um, I don't Again, know, it's a game that got too big. We yeah. need to look at the at Fallout Three and Four, and <laughs> then you <laughs> get worried. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, right? <laughs> Interesting news, I guess. Uh, That's all there is. There's a I, I, the Scott Pilgrim game is definitely getting a re-release with a physical version. 
Yeah, it was a limited run, I think. I think so, together. yeah. But there's like three versions. You can get like a ridiculous collector's edition as well. I mean, it's good that it's coming out, but hey, they could have just made the first one backwards compatible. Yeah. yeah damn it, cool. on Xbox and it's like, so stop. I don't, I don't need to buy it again. Yeah, I know. But, you know. It's, I mean, maybe there's some, again, the whole reason it was pulled was because of licensing with Universal. Right. Um, Ubisoft and Universal's licensing agreement was weird. Um, so that was, uh, I guess maybe they've had to make another weird agreement to get this one out. Um, perhaps. And then that, and that agreement doesn't include anything to do with the original <laughs> version. Also, more money. Yeah. They want money. Always the way. You can't really remaster that game. Though. It's like No, it's <laughs> like it's 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 pixel beauty. <laughs> what would you change? Apart from adding more. More. Okay. Uh Oh, and there was one thing I read. I was just saying to Zach that apparently you remember that Lego Island game. Do you remember the one when we were kids? Lego Island game. You know, you could like go around a, a 3D island, but it was like two frames per second. Um, Is this like on... the, con- the full-on constructor game? Or... No, this was super no. early. Um, it's like a PC CD-ROM multimedia thing. And there was like some plot with uh, some kind of robber, wasn't there? Um, well, it's just like you had to go around and do different jobs, essentially. Yeah. With in a sort of point and click adventure kind of way, I guess. <laughs> it was really weird. Anyway, <laughs> everyone remembers it, or like, so it must have sold quite well. And I and there was a story that apparently the um, the developers like. Um, their their like compensation was tied to the success of the game and when when it suddenly became a hit the people that owned the company just shut the company down to avoid paying the uh developers what yeah so oh no (laughs) yeah so one that like 20 years later like uh one of those super bad stories oh my god yeah super super shady well i guess they learned never to write a contract like that. <laughs> yeah, something went wrong in their legals. Anyway. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I don't remember that game, though. I don't, don't remember it at all. I remember the one There's I had something about delivering like a, a lot of pizza. <laughs> okay. Because there was I remember one the one I had where it was basically like the Lego construction kit and it was trying to model every single brick. Right, That that's a bit more... Because this, like, the actual Lego element of it, like, it had minifigs in it, but the, the like, the the things on the island were based on sets from town at the time, I think, like the pizzeria. Um, but I don't think there were really that many bricks involved, weirdly, mm. for a Lego game. Um, well, I'm not sure there really are in any of the, many of the Lego games, really. They yeah, look like Lego, but they're not really modelling bricks, are they? No, yeah. I suppose. But at least you have that kind of weird, like, on the Traveller's Tales games, you have that weird animation of bricks going together to build things with the force yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. The sort of yeah. buildable points. Yeah. Just, to, kind of just something to stand on and hold Y for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Lego City Undercover on the Wii U. Yeah. That's a game. Yeah. Actually, no, they re-released that, didn't they? So you can play it. You don't have to have, to have a Wii U to play that anymore. Oh, cool. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that, 
That's a game. That's actually a decent ass game. <laughs> it's like people have fond memories of The Simpsons Hit and Run. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like Grand Theft Auto for kids. Yeah. It was a bit pants, though. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> if you're not allowed to play Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. And it was driving focused rather than anything yeah. else, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Right, I, I guess that's the news. <laughs> I mean, Gunzo. Yeah, uh, it's time for what you've been playing. Um, who shall begin? Zach, do you want to go? Well, I've got tons of shit to talk about from this last whole month <laughs> that we haven't Woo! had a podcast to talk about. Boom. Not necessarily all new shit. Well, one new shit, anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> One new shit. <laughs> Great. So if we go all the way back in time, um, I finished Breath of the Wild again. Yeah, and I actually finished the Master Sword trial and all that and stuff. Oh god, that must take forever. Well, it turned out not to be nearly as difficult as I thought it was. I mean, obviously, I was playing it on normal and not master this time, so it was inherently easier. But like, when as I started to get deeper into it than I had in the master version, I was like, this is not actually as difficult as it first appeared because <laughs> it's split into three sections, as you may know. Like. So you do actually like come yeah. fully back out of the thing into the real world in between these three sections. And like, do you save your progress after a section, sort of? Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. each of those three sections you come out and you can just do a proper save. But then in cool. inside each of those sections, there's also like rest stops where you do like cooking and get right. some free items and stuff. And you have to hope you get the right items, right? <laughs> or, well, or I like... mean, it's preset, so right, yeah, you're always oh, going to get the same items. But then in like the first two sections, the last boss is basically a Hinox both times. And Hinox is like, it's so easy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, they're that's like That's not even a boss. No. They're almost easier than most of the regular enemies. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that was quite a lot easier than I was expecting. But I thought, don't you get like whole rooms full of guardians and shit? And, well, kind know. of. Like, so the third section is where it actually kind of gets more difficult. Like the start of the third section is the sort of elementals where you get like several floors of constant lightning storm, several floors of the lava zone, but it gives you one piece of the lava armor, so at least you don't catch on fire all the time. Right. And then the third the third part of that is like a few floors of ice, but when you, when you get to the ice, it doesn't give you the ice armor, so you actually have to use food, to, right? Chilies and stuff, or like fire swords or whatever. So, like, that's kind of a hassle at the start of, of that. Although it wasn't that... The closest I came to dying was in that start of the third session, but that was because it was, like, a bunch of Bacoblins riding star horses. And uh, I don't know why, but, like, mounted archer enemies in that game are just incredibly accurate. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If, they will just nail you no matter what you're doing. <laughs> so you have to kill them super fast. Hmm. But yeah, that was kind of awkward. But then, like, so after you've gone through those three sort of elemental bits, you come to the end of the third section, which is basically just Guardians and Lionels. <laughs> Bloody Lionels. I'm so bad at the timing of the dodge or whatever, the, yeah. the, of the counter. That's my problem, I think. I mean, some of the Lionel attacks are easier than others. It kind of depends on, like, what weapon they're using and and whether they choose to do, like, the charge attack or the or the dash thing. Yeah. It can be easier or more difficult, but the thing was, like, I I was already dealing with guardians mostly through reflecting the beams because I'd got the timing down on that. Yeah, yeah. So like all the stationary guardian 
decayed guardians that only take one reflection to kill those i wasn't bothering fighting with those it was just no. like do, do the reflect and that's it but then when you get to like actual guardians it's like that's manageable but i think i mentioned before it's much easier to do the reflect if you can be further away yeah but like the regular walking guardians just always come right up to you so yeah. it's much more difficult to pull that off but the weird thing was like in the sort of middle section of the third floor you start finding ancient arrows so i by the end of the by the time i was getting towards this end section with the guardians and vinyls i had like seven ancient arrows so every time it was like you warp into a floor and it spawns you in directly facing a lionel and i'm just like ancient arrow okay moving on <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just don't even bother so i used that use these seven ancient arrows killed both of the lionels that you come across and every time there was like a guardian turret or whatever oh no not the guardian turrets they're easy to reflect the flying guardians just ancient oh, arrow, yeah. arrow those as well so actually all this super hard stuff right at the end was actually not that difficult because they just give you ancient arrows <laughs> Yeah, it's the Lionels are the, surely the hardest, right? I don't know, and the, you don't get much space, right? Because usually when you fight, Lionels, well, the floors can be field. like quite bigger oh, okay. towards the end, like the, particularly the last, the very last floor has like it has a tower off on one side which has a guardian turret on top, and then like a big open field beside some ruins that has the Lionel and like a bunch of mounted bokoblins as well. Oh, okay. So in that case, I was just like, I'm just going to stand way back far away from everything because the lion was conceived from much further away than the Bokoblins. So I'll just trigger him. He can run over here, shoot him in the face of an ancient arrow, and that gets rid of him. Right. Then reflect the lasers off the guardian turret on top of the building, and then I'll deal with the Bokoblins. Yeah. So like, it wasn't actually as difficult as I thought it was going to be. And I was almost tempted to just load, immediately load up my master mode save file and have another go at it in that to see if I could get through that. Because I think, really, I didn't actually... On the, almost all of the floors, I like I ended up totally full of weapons. Because that was what I had the problem with in master mode when I tried it. It was like, because you, you don't have many weapons to work with and they yeah. run out of durability if you're fighting in like open combat. Mm. I was just like, kept running out of weapons. But every time I was just like, I'm just throwing away weapons in case I need these better weapons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I got through it. And then I got the fancy fully powered Master Sword, which actually has like, you know, it's technically a disadvantage to, because it, because the, the fully powered up Master Sword, you just get the, like the glowing blade version. So it does the full damage that you normally only get against the corrupted enemies. Yeah, but like the the advantage of the uh, the unpowered master sword is the blade glows when you're near something that's corrupted, ah, so, so you can you detect can't... like right. inactive guardians. Right, so you can't tell with the with the fully upgraded one. Yeah, does it still break and then re? Yeah, it does. Oh. I couldn't really tell if it was if it had better durability or not, but. So they were so committed to the durability mechanic that even after you fully beat the game, it still won't give you a weapon that doesn't break. <laughs> no, I thought that might have been something that they could have done with the fully powered Master Sword. I wonder what they'll do with Breath of Wild Two. Whether they'll whether they'll do something about durability because it's. I, 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 I go on. I hope they do something a bit crazy, like like maybe maybe durability will probably stay, but I, I, I wonder if they change it a little bit, like make it. I just want them to have the durability, but let you repair yeah make it so when a weapon breaks you don't necessarily so it doesn't evaporate it gives you like a broken weapon that you can choose to keep right free it up free up the slot by dropping it that'd be good 
Yeah, and then what? How would you repair? Would you have to go to a blacksmith? Or yeah, go you... to like a like yeah. a cooking pot in regular preferable. Go to somewhere that there's just like some kind of fire slash anvil thing and just mash yeah. the materials together. Yeah, that would be cool because then you could it'd be like you could keep weapons for the whole game, but you'd still have the mechanic, right? Oh yeah. man, but then yeah. but then you could have some. You could add like a cooking system to the weapons. Yeah, you could like so you could make have upgrades yeah, or something and power modifications. Like, well, it's basically a crafting system, but yeah, it would be. You could make it madness. Because you have, like, attack up food already, right? So you yeah. could stack that with some kind of... And the weapons have, up. like, you know, modifiers as well. Yeah. By default. Yeah, but then you could do some kind of alchemy on the weapons to change their modifiers. Yeah, maybe. And that might be a bit much for Zelda, but they're very good at making complicated things simple. You know, because imagine doing that in Skyrim and stuff. That would be a pain in loads of numbers everywhere. I mean, we also have to, like... Hopefully they'll make a better version of the cooking system as well, <laughs> where where you could not just get through the entire game just cooking singular durians that give you full health. <laughs> the hearty durians. That's all I ever use. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. It's like you've got this whole fancy advanced system yeah. for making all kinds of different. Well, it's mainly the health items, of course, because all the stat bonus ones you do like make them specifically. But anything with health, it's just like you don't bother making all these fancy stews and cakes or anything that gives you just pure health points because you only need to cook a hearty durian, and that's it. <laughs> Did you see the Brian David Gilbert video where he cooked every single meal and, and ate every single meal in Breath of the Wild in one afternoon? <laughs> Recommend that one. It's quite funny. So yeah, I think I'm probably done. I got like nearly 600 of the corals. <laughs> so like two thirds, I guess. Decent. Even though I covered so much of the map, and I had the Korok mask on the entire time. <laughs> so you look dumb for the whole game. Yep. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so was that. Uh, what was it that, yeah, uh, there's a, that's kind of a tradition, looking dumb for the whole game. Because in uh, Majora's Mask, I just constantly had bunny ears. Yeah, well, because it was like the mechanic of the game required you to do that almost. Because yeah. yeah. you have a world of time limit, so you had to be yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah, so it's like bunny, bunny ears link is the, is the uh, Majora's Mask link for me. That game was weird. It was good. I, I kind of hope that's sort of what I'm Wild expecting 2. from Yeah. From yeah. this, that it's that they do something nuts, I something a little weird one. Well, maybe you'll play Zelda, and that'll be the difference. Probably. I mean, it looks Linkle. likely. I will introduce Linkle for real. <laughs> no, you don't want to make an excuse to not play Zelda by just making Link and making a female Link. If you're going to have a female character, just play as fucking Zelda already. <laughs> But Linkle uses guns. <laughs> well, Zelda can use guns. In fact, it'd probably make more sense for Breath of the Wild Zelda to use guns. No, but we've seen how Zelda fights. No, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Dynasty Warriors or whatever it's called. Hyrule That's Warriors. Super non-canon. Alternate timeline. <laughs> I mean, I guess theoretically that could become true. Depends what happens to the Sheikah Slate at the end of in between these two gates, I guess. They find a working, fully powered-up Sheikah Slate with giant bombs! <laughs> you just bowl at enemies. I mean, maybe maybe that's the actual secret of the Sheikah Slate, if it turns out to be any actual canon, where it's like... Because apparently, whoever... They, like, the runes actually change depend on who's using it. Like, Link just gets boring regular bombs. <laughs> ah. The bomb tank. 
Yeah, so it gets ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because that's their only <laughs> weapon in that game. That's why they yeah. had to do it like that. But, <laughs> but canonically, because, you know, Sheik also gets different. Yeah, everyone gets different Sheik powers off the slate. Yeah. So maybe that can become canon in the next game. Is it worrying that I only just thought of Sheik when we were talking about Sheikah and that that's maybe where they go? Yeah, but there's no one. There's no. They turn Zelda into Sheik (laughs) somehow. Well, I I mean, she kind of could go into that role, I guess, but she's not like. She's not actually hiding in in, in Breath No, no, no. But Which is why it doesn't make any sense in 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 Calamity, where it's just like suddenly she can totally fight for some reason. Yeah. She's she's quite okay at it. So yeah, um that was that. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing around Christmas time was I played Ori, the first one, not the sequel. Nice. I don't think I like it as much as Rob. <laughs> that much what? is clear. Ah. And I also can like, kind of see where like some of the things that supposedly get fixed in the sequel are like, yeah, I can see why. Yeah. He's talking about the sort of zappy combat bit or mm. like mechanic. Well, like, not where... really. I mean, that's just like fine, I suppose. It's mm. not really relevant. That's maybe the problem with it. It's just like they threw this weird combat system on top of what should have probably just been a platform. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, and yeah, it definitely doesn't fit quite so nicely in the first game as, and then they made a more direct combat system for the second game, and that worked a lot better. The big problem is just like, well, there's a couple, but the main, the first one that I came that started annoying me most was like the quick save. Essentially, <laughs> you would think that being ancient PC gamers who played like Half Life and shit, we'd be used to just quick saving all the time, but. <laughs> When they implement it into this game, it's kind of super annoying. Mainly because it right, uses yeah, resource, I'd... and right at the start of the game, obviously, you don't have much of that resource to spend. I'd kind of forgotten about that. Yeah, that is a that's definitely something they did away with in the second game. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a weird like by the time it you get be... to the late game and you have like fifteen energy and you could just like quick save after every hard jump or whatever, it's fine. But like in the yeah. early game where you only have like three and, <laughs> and you might also want that energy to do other things. I do remember having moments where I had totally forgotten to quick save for a while. Yeah. And it sucks. And then you're like, oh no. It's I'm mainly so when far back. It's mainly when you're like you're just you just need to travel somewhere and you're like mm. Because you're not you're you you know the like route to travel down and it's like it's not a difficult route so you don't think you're going to die but then you accidentally screw up and then you're like oh shit now I'm way back across the other side of the map because I didn't save this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens. And also that relates to another problem that I had with it, which is like just like they sh- they should allow you to teleport back to shrines from anywhere. Because it's yes. really annoying to go out into a far corner of the map and then be like, and I have to go all the way back. <laughs> They, I I'd kind of forgotten that wasn't in the first game. Yeah, there, there's there's a there's a fast travel system in Ori Two. I mean, you can fast travel between the shrines. Yeah, you have to get to a shrine and then. I mean, it's still that way in Ori Two, I think. Oh no, or is it? 
No, they might have changed it. I can't remember. But it's, it's, it's because there's only one shrine in each of the zones, and the zones can be like quite far out from the shrine. And then if you're going way down into a corner to like collect and pick up or whatever that you didn't get, then it's like you go all the way to the corner, and then you're like, well, in order to go anywhere else, I have to go all the way back to the nearest shrine. Mm. Be yeah. nice if they just let you teleport back to the shrines from anywhere, or like, or make it an energy cost, like, <laughs> make it even more expensive on your energy reserves, but that would be an option. And then the other thing, which I think Rob did mention the first time he talked about it on the podcast, is like, the chase sequences are kind of bad. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're good, but they're, in the, especially in that first game, they're quite long, some of them. Yeah, and you can't save or anything. It's just like you have to do it, do, do the whole sequence in one. Yeah. The problem with I mean, them... I, I don't think I don't think the chase sequences are but in the first game. I think that actually some of the sequences are better in the first game than the most of the ones <laughs> in the second. But um, but yeah, the, it's just the length of them is a bit much. I mean, there's the problems with them apart from like the length is that sometimes it's it's not very obvious or explicit about like what kills you like particularly yeah. the very last chase sequence where like the bird is diving at you from the background and it's just like <laughs> if yeah, you're yeah, yeah. if you don't make it to an, an invisible checkpoint by a certain period of time you just die <laughs> yeah it's just yeah, like that's uh, kind of uh, kind of not a great mechanic but then the other problem is sort of a more general problem with the feel of that game in general is that i think they just tried to make everything too precise for the, how floaty the controls were. Oh, really? Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call Ori floaty. Well, it's because it's, it's pretty because it has, It's because it has, like, your jump is short but wide. Like, you can jump horizontally a long distance, but not very high. Yes. So there's a lot of places where, like, you're jumping over a spike pit that is pretty much the exact width that you can jump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, and so that makes it that. you have to be quite precise, and then that factors into like when you're trying to do it fast in the escape sequences, then it's like you really do have to hit it. If you and like because of the time limit of these escape sequences, the like the time limit that they give you is so precise as well. It's like you don't have any room for error. <laughs> like you cock up one jump very slightly, and it's like well, sorry. <laughs> But yeah, apart from that, I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you've, you you have picked out the the key problems with it, but yeah. but the rest of the game's pretty darn awesome, I, I think. Like, yeah. About, I feel like there's, there's like... even something about how that first game looks, even compared to the second one. Like the two, the two do have a slight difference in their visual style well i haven't um i i did only look at the second one a little bit but like it feels i think maybe like they turned it up too much in the second yeah one. like they it's like, it's like it it's, or whatever <laughs> it's 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 gorgeous but it looks less artistic i yeah. think the second one like a little less ha hand crafted because mm. mm. i remember that being I don't know if it ended up being true or not, but one of the claims they made about the original Ori was that most of the map was unique, as in there was no, no there were very few repeated assets, yeah. yeah, or tiles or anything like that. And I, I, I'm on the side of believing it more than not believing it. I think because it does look very good. Whereas that's something I'm not entirely sure was a thing in the second game. Like it looks, 
it looks great, but I would, wouldn't be surprised if it would, you know, if they didn't they didn't make that they didn't make that claim again. Mm. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. Um, uh, I guess yeah, and I, like I think there is a so that that as I say, that's a slight. There's a there's a style change, and I think there's a, there's a sense of artistry in the first game that maybe got lost. Um, yeah, I did. I like. I did have to turn off the motion blur, that like overall motion blur. Yeah, it's a little strong, isn't it? Yeah, it, like it's, um, <laughs> I, I was like, I, I, I made... definitely did that in the sequel as well. I turned it off there because it's just it's a bit, it's a, it's it's the sort of motion blur where I think it's blurring more than the actual camera would in in the real scenario. If you see mm. what I mean, like the blur lines are longer than the depth than the distance the camera's moving <laughs> frame by frame, which is wrong. Um, but I feel like it's maybe especially in the first game, like turning that off felt like it affected it too, like it was revealing it too much almost. You needed the blur <laughs> to make that art style a bit like even better than it actually is. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and I just remembered the one other thing that I, was super annoying to me, but like this is technically not a problem, I guess, but it is. I got a bug. <laughs> Oh, did you? Yeah, about after playing like an hour and a half or something, I got to a bit where you have to move one of those rocks by pushing it around. And it's in a, like a little passage, so you have to push the rock in to be able to jump over it and then push the rock back out the other way to put the rock where it needs to actually go. But what, when I pushed it in, it just like somehow got fused into the floor and didn't move again. Ah, uh, yeah. So I had to basically start the save file over. Damn. Oh, so so oh, start the save over. What? So it actually remembered it was wrong. Yeah, it was just completely stuck. It, it, oh wow, no, that was bad. Uh, no, I never encountered anything like that. That's 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 a nasty one. Yeah, it was pretty annoying. I suppose I'd like because it also has like a save backup system. So like if I like realized soon enough, I probably might have been able to roll back to a save before that. But like. Because I didn't necessarily know that, were... because I didn't necessarily know that that was exactly what I had to do with that rock, and I was yeah, like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. maybe it's maybe this is why it maybe it had to go here and it had to stop here." <laughs> so I pissed around rages and it overwrote all the saves, and I was like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of kind of bad. <laughs> so that was That's like, unlucky. Yeah, that was. Luckily, it was only at the start of the game, I guess. <laughs> I guess the other thing I don't know is you played the definitive edition, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know what differs between the two. Like they added, they definitely added areas and they added stuff to definitive edition that's not in the base game. Hmm. And I guess you're not going to be able to tell me what those are, but <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> um, I am, I am curious. And also, I don't know if this was just like I th think it maybe didn't track all the combat achievements for some reason. Like I looked at the achievement list and I, because I'm missing tons, and I looked at, and there's a lot of them for, them for doing like specific combat things, like kill three enemies without landing or whatever. But I feel like I did <laughs> at some right, point. Yeah, I. Uh, Ori's not a game I would recommend going achievement hunting in, because well, some well, of them no. are insane. Yeah, so there's all the different finish uh, finish without dying and stuff. Yeah. Which would be really annoying with all those chase sequences where you just die instantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's quite the challenge. So there was that. That was one of the two things that I did, did from Christmas 
Steam. <laughs> Christmas the, theme. The other thing I did was something that I haven't really got into much because it's kind of it weirdly is like waiting on a patch that coincidentally is due in mid-January. <laughs> so it was the inconvenient time. But the it's a game that someone bought me called Vulcanoids, which is like I don't even know how you describe it exactly. It's like you have this giant drill vessel that tunnels under the ground and you can build like modules that attach to the side of it and it has like gun turrets and so there's a sort of a tower defense element against the enemies and then you build a little mobile base and try and progress up a tech tree to discover why this volcano keeps erupting and destroying the island that you're on. Okay. But yeah, it's I'm kind of waiting on playing that more because it's there's a combat update coming because like the combat that is in it at the moment is like the guns of hit scan which kind of sucks and is kind of boring so apparently the combat update is going to have much better bullet physics and and you know proper bullet spread and all that kind of stuff to make it much more mm. enjoyable in the combat aspect a more ballistic model yeah mm. but it's a very strange feeling game in general because it's just like you're on this island where this volcano keeps erupting and destroying everything every like 20 minutes except like visually you have the giant eruption and then like the plumes of ash come down and everything all the trees get blown up blown up and all that stuff but then like it just fades back into like being green over 20 minutes <laughs> it's like <laughs> okay. it's a super sped up time lapse or something it's oh, like like growing or yeah. yeah everything just comes back so by the time so, the eruption happens again everything's nice and green it's meant to be like <laughs> ultra fertile or something <laughs> so, so are, are the trees like growing or are they do they get destroyed by the ash or do they well, just like blacken the, yeah the like the, the the branches still exist it's just all the greenery goes away mm. but they yeah and then you're How fighting is presented these... is this like a like, because if you're drilling underground, how does that work? Is this like a 2D? No, it's like thing, first person. Huh. Okay. So you go inside this giant drill ship, and then it just, like, you basically you go into map going? mode when you drill underground. Yeah. So you, then you pilot it from, like, a top down map view while you're under the ground, and then you can choose where to re emerge. And then when you come back onto the surface, all your modules on the side of it like open up and unfold <laughs> so they can do that do their you know processes like you can't run any of the factory modules or whatever while you're underground you have to deploy them on the surface so it's quite weird but maybe mm. getting into that when this patch happens and may also play that in multiplayer at some point yeah so uh, is this an early access game then yeah yeah but from what i've seen of it so far i feel like i feel like it might have a sort of typical one of these indie game problems where like the tech tree feels like it's not advanced enough if it was like because it seems to be split into like three tiers like all of the different modules have like a one two and three tier version but from what i can see from the tech tree and the resources it looks like it's almost just copy paste like in tier one you get copper and you refine it into copper ingots and you make copper parts and you put those into the tier one and then tier two it's just all of those same parts, only now they're made of iron. <laughs> right. And a bit like, that's not exactly a tech tree, really. No, not in an interesting way. So, yeah. I mean, early access could just be placeholder. Yeah, I mean, it could get could easily get better over time. And from what I've seen of the previews they've shown of the combat update, it definitely looks like that will help quite a lot on that aspect. 
So maybe there will be like a tech tree update or something at some point. And then, what are you fighting? And how does combat work? Is it like a? Does it say? Does it become like an FPS? Like even you're yeah, out, you, out it's basically ship, an like... FPS. You just have guns, and you're fighting these okay. robots that come out of like enemy drill ships. So like everywhere you can surface on the map, there's set positions, and then if you're not there, sometimes there'll be an enemy drill ship there, and then robots will spawn out of that. And if you I think want was to... kind of kind of hoping that the combat would be like like you moisture in your drill machine, and there'd be some sort of like underground combat through the dirt happening somehow <laughs> like like that sounds properly weird i want to know how that how that works well there have been there does seem to be on the roadmap some kind of suggestion of there being underground combat except it's more like you're just defending your ship like somehow the robots will come in while you're underground <laughs> hmm. rather than like actual drill to drill combat <laughs> <laughs> drill on drill and then following on from that i kind of did a sort of round of all of the factory games for some well not necessarily factory games wait wait wait. The... i've got i've got i've got one final drill question yeah when you're under the dirt <laughs> is the music going no no sonic colors drill action i bet you could want that though because it sounds bing, like bing, the drill bing, sound bing. effect is just a loop when you're driving the drill around <laughs> that would be sweet <laughs> So I went on to some other factory-ish games. I went back to Factory Town, mm. which I hadn't played for quite a while, so I'd come back in to see how it's updated. What it's mainly updated is that the campaign has been started putting in, so they're introducing each of the campaign levels gradually, which does help that game a lot. Like, Because I think my when I talked about it before, my main complaint with that game is like the map generation is just kind of naff it's just like just sprinkle everything everywhere and then that kind of negates the whole point of transporting stuff mm. <laughs> if everything is within easy reach there's no reason to build like train tracks and mine carts and all the fancy transport options but supposedly there's an upcoming patch that is going to change the terrain generation to improve that but the actual campaign missions where obviously it's a specially designed scenario those actually work pretty good with, with you know limitations in what technology you have and the design of the map making it so you actually have to do things in a specific way right right <laughs> but i think that's there's not much else to say about factory town it hasn't actually changed that much it's just those campaigns getting made over time there hasn't been really any mechanical changes and then i also went back to rise to ruins which isn't exactly a factory game but kind of i guess town building went back into that to see haven't seen that for a while as well but again hasn't been too much change in that there's been a kind of a rebalance to the magic system that makes it so that magic is sort of more you get more out of each magical cast instead of having to spam it all the time <laughs> hmm. so because like if you're doing the magic that just generates resources you you used to be able to spam that tons and like each time you click you get one resource but now it's like it's on a cooldown, so you can only hit it like once every couple of seconds, but it produces like three resources, so it's much less click intensive. <laughs> Which is kind of nice. And then some other me mechanical changes to magic, like all the things where you summon like defensive golems or defensive turrets or whatever that are made of magic. Now it just like caps your magic bar. So, like, you sort of it's sort of implying that you're using some of your overall magic bar to sustain whatever you've summoned. Mm. So it just sort of limits your top, limits the cap of how much magic you can store, essentially, which is a better system than 
the way it used to work where it like drained it but it because of the way the magic system is constantly in flux anyway you don't even realize how much it's draining but yeah apart from that that game is mostly still the same as it was a couple of other balance changes to the actual city building part but not too much and then there's been some Rocket League Factorio and Animal Crossing, I guess. <laughs> All those other games like, continue to play. The Animal Crossing Christmas shit and snow and all that. And I mean, I, I came up against the whole, in Rocket League, I came up against the whole solo thing finally, because I actually did want to go in and play some. Mm. Um, well, on one of the days where you just happened to be offline. And yeah. it's like, and I, so, I, so I ended up braving the hellhole that is casual. And it's just, ugh, you cannot play that game properly in casual. Like, people are quitting out all the time, and it's just, it's not a fun experience. No. Filthy casuals. It's, yeah. It's like, the, the, <laughs> it, it needed, it does need some sort of system for, like, locking people into games. And all, who cares? Just make the whole game ranked, honestly. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, I don't know, the casual system just doesn't, the way it stands with people able to drop in and out, it just doesn't work. Um, saying that, ranked drop shot is still a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> I enjoy that quite a bit. <laughs> I can play that happily solo. Yeah, it's been... It's continued to be a situation where it's just like, I think I'm still probably seeing more games where everyone is solo, even in ranked. Hmm. <laughs> even though solo doesn't exist any longer. Right, so yeah. maybe that secret like balancing of trying to put people into solo games is working if that does exist <laughs> but also i feel like now that because after the season one where i was up into the champion tier like clearly now every, all the new players have either left or got their actual ranks i've gone way back down into like mid diamond again <laughs> it's like this is what i was expecting i've had my one Season of champion and actually got the champion rewards once, <laughs> and that's that. You did it. Yep. Oh yeah, and I guess I still continue to occasionally look into No Man's Sky. I guess because as soon as I went back in there when we, me and Rob were trying it out, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm constantly tempted by the dailies again. again. Any of, the, in the any of those damn what other dailies? Well, it's not really like dailies. It's like everything because there's a lot of stuff in No Man's Sky that basically has 24-hour cooldowns or like a lot of hour cooldowns. So mm. it's like once you've once you've initiated doing that, it's like oh, I could just go back into No Man's Sky for like half an hour and do all those things so, that will have cycled. What send off your fleets? <laughs> yeah, send my fleets out, harvest all my plants, <laughs> jump, make a few more jumps because like you know, I'm still looking for that S-class freighter, and you can only get that to spawn every like three hours or whatever and you're mm. never going to play for three hours probably in one go so that's basically a daily <laughs> and never you're never gonna play for more than three hours I, I'll, I'll i'll stop you there <laughs> it's like i definitely have i'm not sure it depends where you are in that game though <laughs> yeah like sometimes it can work sometimes maybe not so much and yes yeah. i feel like i'm was it? I'm about forty hours into No Man's Sky now, or something like that. And I've got to the point where my my story is uh, 
I can go. The, it's basically saying go to the center of the galaxy on the main storyline. Right. Yeah. Now, one of them. Um, but are they all done? Well, no, I haven't done any of the Atlas path. Like right. I haven't. I've only vis- ever visited one interface. I think other than the ones you get through the portals on the other route. Yeah, I mean, I um, guess the Atlas path isn't really. There's not much to it. It is just go to those interfaces. Yeah, I mean, the next one is quite some way away. Um, but I don't know. I think I'm slow. I'm just faffing basically at the moment. I'm galaxy faff, <laughs> and uh, so it's. Um, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to make more money out of trades. And things right. so like just visiting systems, buying everything up, then going to some other system and selling it all. Um, so I'm starting to get a bit more money. I finally bought a second frigate and then immediately had them all come back damaged again. I hate that system. Oh my god. Like there's there's not there's not much about No Man's Sky I really dislike. But if if your frigates get damaged and then you have to go land on them and manually go visit these terminals to pay a paltry fee of resource to sort them out. It's so tedious. Yeah, it's kind of an annoying system. But, it's like, I mean, why, why can I not just tell them to be like, I'll give you the resources, repair it? The tra- like, the, why do I have to do it? The other problem with that system, or well, there's sort of two problems with that system, is like, firstly, it's like, it, it, it's becomes so... It's already in like this non-existent resource cost, but then like once your frigates actually get to the point where they can handle the missions, they virtually never get damaged ever again. Like I don't think I've seen a frigate get damaged for like the last several eight times I've sent my whole fleet out. So that that then makes it irrelevant. But up to that point, then you have this other like problem of like having having to go and land on them and all that stuff is super annoying. But like it's also kind of dangerous <laughs> like why do they why do these ships have gravity that makes you capable of falling off to your death that's kind of annoying <laughs> yeah that's really really weird uh, yeah i think i'm sort of i'm at a weird point with the game where i i, I kind of i don't know there's, there's clearly i can have more stuff right there's things i haven't built yet there's i haven't driven most of the exocraft other than the one it makes you drive yeah um, I still haven't got the ability to like just teleport my exocraft wherever the hell I want, and I still haven't got the ability to teleport freight up to my freighter nice and easy, nice and easily. Um, so there's all that kind of stuff I want. That's because I still haven't figured out how you get freighter salvage. I've never seen that. Um, or that that mysterious research point it wants you to have, so I can research the ability to make the freighter teleporter, yeah. whatever that. So I'm kind of at a weird point where I, I don't understand why I need to upgrade anything. Like I'm flying Jim's rocket now. <laughs> like I've, I've repaired that enough so I can fly that around. But it's only really like other than having a, more slots for cargo and stuff, it's only marginally better than my A class fighter. I don't know, well, no, well, A class, whatever the bog standard st- C class or whatever is starting fighter, radiant well, pillar. And it's, the um, one that we found was like it's an S class shuttle, though, right? It's an S, it's an S shuttle, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's not that's pretty. It's not much better than your. Original. It's pretty much the same as my fighter. Like it doesn't, it doesn't even have that much more cargo space than my fighter does. It's like, but that's because yeah, it's anyway. like it's only an S class in stats and it's like the cargo space is is that weird like kind of upgradey kind of tree i think i think that still exists maybe it doesn't but like shuttles are generally not great but i don't think 
because you're getting to the point where like now that you don't necessarily need the storage space it's just like all you're going to put in there is module upgrades assuming you have the nanites to buy those sure yeah i mean i've got quite a lot of nanites but i've never really found module like i can only buy b class mod upgrades like and it's like well, one, one, can one, you? i know that a's and s's upgrades exist so why I would i buy those always have those no not for me i only ever see b's that's in my weird. list. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean all of the module sellers on the station for the exosuit and the ship and the exocraft, they just show all of them to me? Yeah, maybe I have to need to check back, but I, I can't remember ever seeing anything other than a B, wherever I've been. Um, you're talking about in the anomaly, right? No, on the actual station. On the stations. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sort of. But I don't know why I need to, right, is, is the other problem. Because like, I'm, not, I'm not having a problem. I've never well, had no. a problem in the game. Like, combat, like, space taking out pirates? Yeah, I'm fine. I was fine in my starting ship, and I've never been threatened. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like the only reason that I have put, like, the S-Class upgrades on my, on my spaceships for combat is just, like, so that I can do it incredibly quickly. It's not really, like, it, there's, it's not really reducing the danger as much as just, like, reducing the time that I have to do it. <laughs> Right, yeah. Like when you I mean, just there's, one there's shot element... every pirate, it's like, oh, this is much quicker to get through this combat stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely an element of that. It'd be nice to be able to like have an upgraded bolt caster or some weapon on my multi-tool for taking down sentinels when I need yeah. to. But it's not like it's difficult or no. takes all that long right now. So I don't quite know why I would want to, <laughs> to an extent. Like, why I don't need to spend my money on that right now. But then um, what else do you need to spend the nanites on? That's the question. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I just don't know. I'm still my biggest problem is still just core units. Like right. if I want to buy like newer frigates or <laughs> yeah. yeah or or buy ships or and I'm not stumbling upon ships I really want to do anything with like through the distress beacons or anything like that. So it's, well, it, I mean theoretically you should always just like get them to salvage them, but then that's like quite a lot of time, so it's not always worth it. I guess. No, I mean it still works out for me because you know half a mil in units is still a valuable amount of units for me but i mean maybe uh, you should look into doing some farming if you can unlock the farming things yeah i mean i but that's part of the problem like i've never found enough resource to do the next the second step of farming all i'm all i'm getting a minute is i've got a fecium plant right and that's all i've got uh because i've never found enough frost crystals to do the second stage in that whole mini well, tutorial thing just look for an ice not, planet <laughs> well yeah i've been there and i didn't get i went there and i harvested it for friggin ages and apparently i still didn't get enough and it's like oh god damn <laughs> uh, were you just shooting regular plants though because that will give you that all you actually need to find the frost crystal plants oh, frost crystal then plants? you might not have the hazmat gauntlets wait i've got you? the hazmat gauntlets. Oh, yeah because it gives you those in the farming missions right uh no i just made i just made them at some well, point all, all that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah if you can find where the because every one I've of those, that, I had those really early. Yeah, every one of those harvestable plants grows naturally on its appropriately themed planet. So you can just find a field of the frost crystal plants and then yeah, harvest those. I guess I've just never seen it. I don't know. I'm just. No, I've never seen like a frost crystal wiser. plant. I've seen like like um, what do you call it? Like plants I can mine, and it will have they will have a frost crystal in or something. With yeah. like pansy amounts. That's definitely not what you want. Mm. You should be able to yeah. see them through the scan visor in theory because they show up as like the green plant icon. 
green plant icon. Oh, right, that that icon. Okay, yeah, I've never seen one of those. <laughs> well, I mean, I've never I've seen that icon, but I've never seen one that's for frost crystals. Hmm. Um, in that way. Oh yeah, because they probably you also that probably also pops up for the food plants as well. I guess. Yeah, it does. Um. I mean, you've got some like selenium and things. Yeah, like that's that. that's the that's the fire planet equivalent of the frost crystal farm. But you've got you've got fire berries as well. Um, that's a food. Uh, yeah. plant, I think. that's a food. Is it okay? Yeah, you can know. usually tell because the food plants grow like individually, and like the resource plants grow in like a big patch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I managed to get a whole load of solarium or whatever at one point, and it's like, well, I've forgotten what I need this for, but I'm getting it all. Yeah, um, you, you get. The, <laughs> I needed it for something. You get those plants, and then you, because that's when you, because we did it once when we were playing. You go to those like those facilities that you have to break into, and then solve the stupid puzzle to shut them yeah. down. And then you yeah. get into that crafting tech tree where you can unlock the steps in the crafting. Yeah. That's yeah. what the like the resource plants are actually used for. Is like, but I couldn't even really work out what even those were for, particularly. Like, they just seem to be one for making more expensive minerals, and it's like, but they're not that expensive. I'm not going to make a huge amount of money out of those. Well, I mean, it's... the those minerals are then like <laughs> more steps in the same crafting tree because it's like you get the it's it's this like two pronged crafting tree where you have those minerals that you can also get by shooting the like planetary silos or whatever. And then those combine eventually with the things that the plants get turned into. So if you're unlocking stuff on that crafting tree, you want like the plant ones, and then you want to be able to grow the plants, because then essentially what you're doing on that side of the plant tree is that you're making the plants gradually more and more expensive, essentially. <laughs> yeah. The products you can guess... make just combine together to, to gradually get more and more valuable. I guess I haven't had the game really explain to me why I would want some of the materials I'm unlocking, like polyfiber and things like that. And it's just like, well, what do I need these for? Like, well, yeah. Is there All any the... kind of use to them? Or like, well, that's like the my scientist guy wants me to make a circuit board, but I don't think I have the weight, the the means to get to a circuit board yet. Yeah, because the circuit and board it's... is on that is in the plant crafting tree, and like, it's weird because there's. There's a lot of stuff that sounds like it's important, but it actually like isn't. Like all of all of the stuff in the plant crafting tree seems like you should be able to do something with it, but you can't. And some of them are like the circuit board sound like they're because there's the micro circuits that you can make that are actually a crafting microprocessors, microprocessors yeah. that are actually used in like parts of your ship or whatever. But they're like completely separate from this other thing called circuit boards, which appear to be the same thing except they're just like a trade product. There's nothing to do mm. with them except for sell them. <laughs> That's the problem yeah, so with No Man's Sky's typical, like, multiple overlapping trees that, like, don't interact but seem like they should. Yeah, so I think, I think I'm think i at a weird point with it where I'm just not quite sure what to do with any of its quite many systems <laughs> and, like, how they interlock and why I should be engaging with them. It's cause and I, also I just, there's I don't the, know. those occasional bits where it just doesn't tell you where what to do <laughs> or, like, where to find the thing it's telling you to get. Yeah, I wish there was an easier way of like, like when you're using a refiner, for instance, with two inputs. It's like I haven't really played with that at all because I don't know why I would. Like the game, the like the formula aren't obvious there. No, like, and the game never tells you. Literally, you just look that up on the external website. Basically, you can. There's some quite fancy, nice web pages. Because I don't, I don't really like doing that on my smartphone, though. Like, because if I'm sat in front of the TV, like I'll get whip my phone out to do that, and it's like that's not very convenient. Like, no. 
that's the, I guess that is the other trick that makes lots of money is like the the multi-input refinery recipes that you can basically make infinite resources that you can sell those for cash. But you wouldn't well, know that unless you either comment. spent forever like randomly switching inputs to see what they make or just look it up. <laughs> I'll tell you what, actually, the most annoying thing about No Man's Sky, other than, no, okay, no, the repairing the frigates is still the most annoying thing, so it kind of yes. sucks. And I took to the internet after they came back damaged one time and was like, there must be a way of doing this better. There isn't. Um, uh, uh, yeah, no, the most annoying thing at the moment is actually my the, 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 the graphical glitches on Series X can get quite bad. Like, it likes to unload textures near you as opposed to the ones in the middle distance. Hmm. Weird. So, so like you could be approaching an area in detail, and it will suddenly go flat as a pancake, and you're like, "What? Why? Why did you do that?" Um, apparently, like it, it, from what I've read, it's it, there's a bit of a glitch. Like if you've been leaving the game running for a while, which you know on Series X is kind of all the time, yeah, because it quick resumes, <laughs> so the game never closes. So I've, I've 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 tried shutting it down the last time I played it. I haven't fired it up since to see if it fixes it, but. It was getting pretty bad. Like everywhere, everywhere I went, I'd have like flat textures and and rather than detail, um, it would be popping in and out quite a lot. Um, and, and Gnome looked at it and was like, "Well, you get the gist of what's there." And it's like, "That's not the point." <laughs> Especially not because this is meant to be the fancy looking version. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of that. If I'm taking over. Yeah, yep, it's second. your turn with the sky and the rest. <laughs> it's my turn with the sky. I mean, it's no man's sky, so <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I'm, up I'm for grabs. It. I'm not allowed in it. Um, Women only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so I did a bit of that. I went back to, on a, on a similar note, so similar, in fact, Gnome couldn't tell I was playing a different game. <laughs> I started playing out. I went back to Outer Wilds. <laughs> right. Because yeah. it's sort of been sat on my... I'm like I downloaded it for Series X, thinking it like oh it will probably be a little more performant here um, than the slightly ropey performance I got on original Xbone. Mm -hmm. But they've decided to lock the frame rate in the in the One X and Series X versions, so it it locks at thirty rather than being uncapped like it was on Xbone. Oh. Uh, it's v, it's V-synced. All, all they've really done is turn on V-sync at thirty FPS, where they left it off on the original on the base X-Bone version. Right. So you're not getting your 60 FPS, but you are getting a nice sharp 4K presentation. Um, and I'll, I think I'll take the stability over what it was on X-Bone. It's fine. Um, but I Outer Wilds is one of the... And I, I sort of, it took me... It's taken me a couple of hours to realize why I bounced off it the first time. Because it's like, I really want to like that game. It's like, it's, it's, mm. it is clever. I love its like whole like little solar system on a time loop and how it, the systems all work together and the way that the mysteries unfold is, is smart. Um, like you, you get, yeah, you go to a place and you learn a little bit more and that means you, okay, you now know how to get somewhere else and then do the thing. But I, I mean, I, I fairly quickly got to a point where it's just like, okay, I figured out a little bit. Now what? Uh, and like the rumors I had or the systems I had didn't really tell me enough about what to do next. Um, so I did the thing I don't normally do with games and turned to a guide. Um, All right. And and was like, okay, what what where do I go and where do I do this? And then got quite got 
pretty frustrated with it because it's just like, I would never have figured out where to go or how to do that because it requires precise, pretty precise timing on where you are in the universe, in the, in the solar system because of the way things change over time in that, in this 22 minute loop. So it's like, okay, when you, when you, when you spawn, you've got to go fly to this place and it's going to take about five minutes. And then when, after five minutes and while the, one of the planets, Ash Twin, um has basically it's covered in sand and over that time that sand transfers across to its twin planet ember twin so the whole like terrain is slowly being revealed on that and there's a section you can only get to by like you have to be in a certain place at a certain time while the sand is at a certain level so you can actually walk on the sand to get around this particular area but if it sinks too low then it get it reveals the spiky cacti underneath which puncture your suit and then you can't breathe and you get hurt and stuff. So it's like, I would never have figured out that I needed to be in this spot at this precise time. Right. There, there is no way I could have known that. Um, or I don't feel like there's any way I could have known that. I don't feel like I've missed much to get to the, get there. Um, um, yeah, there are certain, there are definitely certain things where it's like, despite how long I've been playing that game, I've just never been, I've never found the bit of text or never found the, the clue that I would have needed to do that little section if there if there ever was one and I'm supposed to just pass it out through curiosity and trial and error mm. um but I've bounced off it again because there's just one bit that is just oh it's so tedious it's like a stealth section like space stealth where I can't fire my engines too much otherwise nearby anglerfish will come and eat me um and there's a section. The first time I ran through, you, you run through that section. Like the, the there's an easier thing to find um, in this bit in Dark Bramble. Uh, there's an easy thing, and then there's a harder thing to find that I then like. Oh, like all right, okay, I've got to go do the, do this next because this is where the signal's leading me. And there's just a bit where it dumps you in, and there's like three of these these sound sensitive anglerfish right in front of you, like right on top of you, and it requires. And it's taken you. It takes you quite a while to get there, of like trundling slowly through this foggy, viney area, trying not to attract attention. And then you're just like, there's three of them right next to you, and the slightest overthrust will have them all fixated on you, and you're dead, basically. Ugh. And I cannot, like, I'm being super subtle with the controls, like crazy subtle with it. But maybe it's just because of the fidelity on a gamepad isn't quite where the game wants you to be or something like that and you've got and so you spend ages getting to this point to be surrounded by things and then I'm touching the control trying to make tiny things and they're all just sitting there perfectly and then I'll make one one adjustment that for some reason sets them all off and I'm like and I'm boned and I've tried to do this several times and it takes ages to get to that point where and there's no quick saving or anything on this it's like if you die you've got to go back to the start of the time loop and it's and I'm like, nah, I cannot. I, I I absolutely have to do this, and I know I'm going to have to do it more than once. Actually, probably, um, and I just cannot be asked. It's, <laughs> it's like it's it's really annoying. Need some of those seismic charges. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just need to yeah blast these damn English. <laughs> yeah. It's like I just can't be faffed to do that, and it's like it's really frustrating. And a game that's not really strikes me as something about being difficult. To suddenly throw that in, and it's just this. Mm. I think there's just it's elements of the one. design where it's just it, they, where the game's just it is just irritating. 
because I can't you can't speed up time in some places. So if you need right. to get to some or you want to do something that's at the end of the time loop, you've got to find a way of faffing around for 15 minutes or literally just walk away for the game for 15 minutes because you can't accelerate time. And it's, yeah, I don't know. Its design gets in the way of what it does well. So I might be done with that thing for realsies this time. <laughs> it's a real shame if, you know, small elements like that have such a big effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I think because I know from the guide it's an essential thing I'm going to have to do. Right. And that removes any kind of doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I can't just go, I can't just enjoy myself and go and do other things. If I want to finish that game, I you have, have to, get to go through that through section. That. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Um, but although it might have been possible that if you hadn't read the guy, you might have just assumed it was impossible to get through that thing. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. I might have just gone, "Oh, I've screwed this up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to reverse out of here." Or you just like assume that that was just like a dead end, where it's like, yeah, it comes to these like that. freeze fish and they're just going to kill you no matter what you do. <laughs> I probably would have come to that conclusion. Yeah. Or like a Metroid gate where you need some stealth thing to get through there. Or, or yeah, there's some bit of knowledge I don't have yet that there's a there's something I need to do to because you don't really upgrade yourself at all during this. You're not gaining abilities. Right, you're gaining right. knowledge. Yeah, which is cool. Like it's a, it's yeah, an interesting. Cool. Like you're you're gaining, you're you're exploring more of the more of the the system through knowledge, not through anything else. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Sorry, out of wild. I'll never get to see your cool ending, um, which I sort of spoiled myself on anyway. Um, <laughs> By looking at the but, guide. <laughs> yeah. I read ahead because it was just like, where? how's this going to play out? Do I have to do this? Oh, I have to do this. Oh, <laughs> damn it. And I'm going to have to do it again later as well. Mm. It's the Polygon Guide if you're interested. It's quite well done. They try not to tell you the spoilers of the story or what you're learning too much from there they just say go here go here go here um yeah they're okay better than ign usually uh yeah uh so what else did i play i played some other stuff i i have been spending quite a lot of time with the 2016 reboot of ratchet and clank oh on playstation 4 uh and it is a good time Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm enjoying it, but precisely because it is a properly old school game. Yeah, <laughs> like there is, it is. It, yeah, it's like it's level. There are there are there are small levels, smallish levels that you're going through, and it's basically just a just a shooter with some platforming, like it, and some crazy ass weaponry, and it's pretty simple and quite a lot of fun. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Ratchet and Clank has always shined on its like uh, arsenal, I guess. And this this reboot doesn't really do anything to particularly change change what's going on. It brings in it uh, like I think it's like a greatest hits. All oh, right, of okay. weapons that have been in the series. I've never played the rest of the games, so this is the first Ratchet and Clank game I've properly sat down and played. I mean, Gnome tried to get through Age of Booty at one point, and I helped her out with some of the harder bits, but that's that's as far as it's been uh, as my Ratchet and Clank has gone. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it's good fun. Like you, you hold, you, you, you strafe around and you shoot stuff with a, with with you know grenades or a straight up gun or a gun that turns things into pixels. 
Um, like a, cool. that acts like a shot that acts like a shotgun. Um, uh, and then, and, or you, you end up, end up with homing missile launchers at some point that are just massive, or a glove that sends minions in front of you, and the minions then seek down <laughs> people to things. Or Mister Zircon, who's a constantly talking little robot buddy, <laughs> just like <laughs> Mister Zircon is here to kill, <laughs> which is which is pretty great. Uh, and it's it's just it's madness, but it's a fun kind of madness. It's um, it's a little overwhelming, and I don't think some of the area design is particularly great. But, right, right. Uh, and it's 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 slightly messy combat. You know, it's not like up there with the shooter greats in terms of that. But it may, but it makes up for it with just bravado, the scale and madness, and throwing disco balls out to confuse to make all the enemies dance instead of shoot you so you can oh, shoot yeah. them you know it is, it is it is madness and it's it's quite a juggling act because there are like as i said there's like 14 weapons by the end of the game that you have and uh and so switching between them is a bit of a hassle you know you have to do the weapon wheel thing really to to effectively play this game so you're which means you're probably it's a bit stop start in nature like that so you're doing you're having a bit of a fight then you're holding triangle then you need to select a weapon for your weapon wheel uh to then do the next do that get your groovatron down to distract everyone and it's like right now everyone's distracted now i'm going to switch to my proton drum and put that down on the ground as well so that's beating out area of effect damage and it's like now okay these guys are in uh, doing that uh they're, while they're while they're all doing that i probably want to break out um, my flamethrower for to deal with the guys that are charging me. So I'm like, hey, let's deal with that. So you're switching weapons a lot, and so it results in this stop-start momentum, which I don't think is intended um, necessarily, uh, and is a little bit of a shame given that you know everything's going on. And it's like, how how badass would this sequence be if I wasn't having to swap weapons all the time? But swapping weapons all the time seems to be the most effective strategy. Oh uh, yeah, for dealing with these scenarios, like it's like okay, I need this for this, I need this for this. I'm not just going to load a gun and hold it the entire time. Um, and to its credit, it does have a, like a quick switch system you can put on the D pad, so you can put four weapons there mm. um, and assign them to what you want. But I found that that changed every now and then of its own accord. So I'd try and switch to a, to a weapon that I thought was on right D pad. For instance, I normally put my flamethrower on right d-pad and i'd press it and it would switch to something else and i'm like what's what's happened there why has it changed my assignments um i'm not quite sure what triggered that or what but yeah that that definitely happened um yeah and i've, I've played through that whole thing <laughs> just just mainlined it pretty much um did that did the whole main story and i'm kind of doing it again because once you've done it once it unlocks a challenge mode that is Basically the game again, but as long as you're not getting hurt, you're getting a multiplayer on how much money you're earning. And if you've got enough of uh, the collectibles through the mm. playthrough, you can unlock even more powerful versions of the of every single weapon. And they, as they upgrade, they get more and more mad. And uh, when you hit certain level points, they can get extra... They can basically morph into different weapons and become something else... The heavy emphasis on the weaponry, then. Like, oh yeah, the like, weaponry is the game, <laughs> right? Like Gungeon sort of style. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, you get the sheepinator later on, later on, which is just madness. It's an, it's an infinite ammo beam weapon that turns things into sheep. And Sounds then when like you level... something from Worms, to be honest. Yeah, 
You level it up to level five, and then it becomes the goatinator. And the, <laughs> so you, you turn things into goats, and then those goats then attack enemies for you <laughs> because right, they're angry yeah. goats, naturally, as opposed to carnal docile sheep. sheep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> great. So it's it's madness, but it's great. Like, I think the gameplay is pretty. I I have problems with the presentation, if I'm being honest. Like, it's a little. It's it's. This was released alongside Sony's attempt at making Ratchet and Clank into a film. Uh, right, and and I think here and there they're probably borrowing scenes from the film. I'm not too sure, but it's clearly cutting to video, right? Um, to do to do stuff. Um, there's a lot of in-engine stuff as well, but it's it's doing a, a, a fair chunk in video, and I think it it has that old school feel as well of like where when it cuts to story and things like that, that it's not as seamless as you'd expect from a modern game i mean yeah this is 2016 but 2016 is not that long ago no it's like like a a a weird fade cut and sound cut to a video sequence from in the middle of doing something can be quite jarring these days Mm. um uh but it's and the story i don't think the story particularly flows it's kind of weird and random it's just like now we're going here now we're going here (laughs) and you've got a now you've got a got a mission from a uh, you, you've received a little video message from a, a guy who just happens to be a pro hoverboarder, so you can get a hoverboards and do hoverboard races <laughs> for some reason. Whilst whilst something else really bad is happening over the other side of the galaxy, but it's like no, 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 I'm just going to go do this hoverboard race. You know, <laughs> <Actually. laughs> you know yeah. it's done. It's got a little bit of that. I, you know, I, I I equate some of its feel to how the original Beyond Good and Evil felt. If that oh, makes good. any yeah. sense, there's no, a I know sort that. of that sort of vibe, I guess, yeah, more than anything else. Vibe, yeah. yeah. Mm, cool. I mean, some of the writing's good. Some of the jokes are good. It's pretty... Something. I mean, most of it's kind of like just, just hovering above acceptable in terms of like... You know, you know, <laughs> like, in terms of like, you know, the, the, the writing is, yeah. is serviceable. It's getting the job done in that, in that classic family-friendly way rather than being particularly clever or out, outright funny. It's but, not gags. <laughs> Enter <laughs> the gecko. <laughs> I I have no opinion on gecko. So <laughs> <only joke. laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I think the Does presentation's it, really nice as well. Like the the, the visuals are pretty sweet. Uh, is it making you excited from, for um for PS Five Ratchet Clank? I mean, it kind of is. Portals. Yeah, I yeah. think I'd, I'd the 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 bulk of that demo I think is on a planet called Kerwan, which you spend some time on in this game right and it's like so it's like oh okay i can i can now it looks pretty similar actually like they do i don't it's weird in the sense that i haven't quite seen where the upgrade comes from visually in the ps5 mm. version because this version looks pretty great right like right, it's, right it's it's running at 4k or a decent representation of 4k on the ps4 pro um they might be under resing i'm not sure i'm not sure how it works but it looks it looks it does it does look very good um, and it has got HDR, but I think this is where my my one problem I think with the present visual presentation comes is like I don't think their HDR implementation is very good, mm. um, in the sense that it feels like when colors get to a certain point in brightness, they suddenly snap to being uber bright. So there's like a point up the brightness scale where they just go sod it, it's it's really bright, and it like solarizes or whatever you call it, just bands into max brightness. Um, um, okay. Creating this this harsh um, 
effect, right? Yeah, edge. effectively yeah. just yeah, an edge to like, things. This is the torch is on in this bit of the screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and weirdly, you could like that. It, it's like they try and apply that to videos as well, which you can see on the title screen of the game, actually, in the way things have calibrated on my system. Like there's a there's a sort of sun flare in the background and it crunches because that background is video. Um and you can see it macro blocking like that well banding out the HDR, I guess, in those macro blocks. It's like it's just this little bit of the image, but it just looks weird. And it's like, why have you done that? And it's not really noticeable in some of the cutscenes as well, where you just see bits of this banding occurring. Except for when the video decides to fade out. And then it's like it's like a light switch. It's like when it when the video's fading out from being done, it's like the HDR turns off. So there'll be sections that look crunchy until it starts to fade out, and then it looks fine. <laughs> and you're like, this is clearly a weird HDR implementation going on. It's definitely not a true HDR or where they got with but you know 2016 it's early hdr was pretty new to consoles then um so i guess this is insomniac's weird way of doing it that they then managed to get right for spider-man <laughs> you know? right i see yeah still uh i think it's a pretty pretty it's a throwback uh, like uh, but hmm. but it, but it, but i've had a lot i've had quite a bit of fun with it yeah fun is all you can ask isn't it yeah sweet Definitely. Ratchet and Clank 2016. Good stuff. Check it out. Uh, and what else I've been doing? Right, let's... I went off. I have been playing Pacer some more. I haven't really got anything more to say, say with that. Other than I tried playing Pacer over Steam Link. Right. Because I was sort of thinking to myself, like, like if I end up moving to a to a new place and stuff like that, like, yeah. it might How not be practical to run an HDMI cable from my PC to the TV anymore, um, especially if the PC is no longer in the same room. So let's get let's see where Steam Link is at these days. Uh, and honestly, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm running it over a wired network, but the lag is pretty low. Like it was mm. it. It it told me that the network latency was about six milliseconds, right? Like, which is really low. That's really low. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I but I'm, I'm not getting perfect quality out of it. I'm getting, you know, it's obvious. It's still obvious to me that it's video being streamed. It's mm. a bit crunchy in places. Um, on certain certain bits of graphics, end up looking compressed. Um, and so what do you I, need there's the odd the stutter. Link, but there's like, a what? tiny bit of stutter. Here and there, which is up. Uh, so for me, what I'm doing is I'm, you only need you need Steam on your PC, yeah, and you need a device the other end that is Steam Link happy. Conveniently, my TV has a Steam Link app. Oh, sweet! Okay. So I can just download that for Samsung. Uh, apparently, Samsung TVs from 2017 can run this. Nice. Um, so yeah, I just pulled pulled the app down, put it on. It found my PC immediately, um, and I was good to go, pretty much. Um, I, I can't seem to get it. To, apparently, it can do 4K, but I haven't been able to get anything more than 1080 out of it um, at the moment. But that's kind of okay because that's all I was really able to do over my HDMI cable anyway, because of well, it being a long ass HDMI cable and going through my amp and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I couldn't really do 4K 60 that route anyway. Um, but yeah, so it's it's yeah, video quality is a bit crunchy, tiny bit of lag, audio seems fine. Uh, little bit of stutter here and there but hey um, i mean if they can solve the compression or make the compression 
if they can get the video where it needs to be, like it's a, it's not a terrible option. It's weird. I wonder when that actually like when that changed because I remember the first time when I was talking about it, how I was like running from my PC down to the Mac downstairs. At that time, I thought it was good, but Rob had thought it was bad for ages. Like before that, there must have been like a very precise point where it suddenly got good that Rob just missed the first time he tried it or something. Yeah, maybe, maybe it seemed. Um, I mean, it's it's not it's given the choice. I wouldn't play this way if I could well, no. wire in. I absolutely would. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I think because the thing I'm thinking about, like the thing I really, I, I can live with playing my game most games on the PC, right? And I, I'd like to play them on my TV and my sound setup and all that jazz. But it's like, yeah, fine. There's plenty of games where I would I'd be happy enough just sat at my PC playing. Um, uh, but that kind of goes away with like games where like PC games where that we play in multiplayer, which is quite a lot, really. Like under normal times, if like if you're here and my brother's here and Jamie's here and stuff like that, and we're getting controllers together and we're playing a game, you kind of want to do that in the living room, right? Yeah. And and I, and I want Steam to deliver that and uh, Steam Link may for, for in fairness for most of the stuff we play, Steam Link route might probably be fine. Mm. I mean, the question then is sort of the controllers become the problem at that point, right? Yeah, well, well, yeah, it depends on their range, but the Xbox 360 wireless range is pretty long. Um, <laughs> I still don't trust that, though, because of how many times we have problems with your controllers. Well, most of the time that's batteries or, or them going into the wrong... It's not really signal. I don't... Yeah, it's, but... There's definitely been times where, like, it seems like the control sees up or, like, it, it stops detecting for a second or two. Yeah, I don't know. And but it's like it's impossible to know whether that is because of the wireless or because of some other thing. But I mean, that's why yeah, I always prefer I mean, to use a... my actual wired controller when I when that's I fit a... at your house because we can still do that in the, in your current setup. <laughs> True, and I should probably try and repair my wired controller so I can do that too. Uh, at some point, my, the sticks on my wired controller are, are messed up, um, but not not they're not n- wouldn't be impossible to repair. I just haven't tried. Um, but yeah, theoretically, it should be fine. <laughs> theoretically, because that is if the I got, other thing with like, like when with I... the Series X controller and my blue X Bone controller, we can Bluetooth those to my PC. Yeah, so I don't even need a need better. a wireless dongle <laughs> dongle for that either. And in, in in fairness, like Steam, the Steam Link app actually supports being able to plug stuff into the telly. Apparently, well, I yeah, I guess because probably that I assume that TV has USB ports. Uh, yeah, I mean the the breakout box for it does. Because the like when I because but then your the trouble with that is that then that definitely you know that obviously does add latency because it's the same latency yeah you've, as the you've video got link. An, yeah because then you've got an input round trip yeah. Because that was it what I was see... doing with the Mac, where I had the Xbox controller plugged into the Mac downstairs and, and using that to control the game that was running on my PC, obviously. I don't think the input latency was any worse than the input latency I get just from using the Xbox on its own. Mm. Like, there's a noticeable delay between pressing the button and things happening through Series X. And it's the well, same well, on PS4 as well. It might just be a limitation of my TV handling 4K, I'm not sure. But... Or like... Maybe it's also partially your amp and all the other setup stuff. Uh, that's not. I mean, shouldn't be in the setup I have through PS4 and Series X. Those are plugged straight into the telly. Hmm. They're not going through the amp. 
Um, I mean, yeah, you could you could see a tiny bit of that, like because the way Steam Link was working is like my PC monitor was still still running the game, and I think it's picking that up and using and encoding that and sending it across. Your PC monitor is still on yeah. playing the game; it's not hidden. So I can like like just about position myself in this room and see both of them at the same time, and it's like you can see a tiny bit of lag between the two, but it really was quite small. Um, so yeah, that's all right. I'll tell you what was hard to calibrate, though, to work properly in time. Feckin' Fuser, <laughs> which is the, the final thing I wanted to talk about this time. I've started playing with Harmonix's follow-up to Drop Mix. I mean, surely it has the standard, like, set-your-delay interface. It does, and it also has calibration tools, you know, the sort of, like, I'm going to play a sound. Press the button the moment you hear the sound, and I'll calibrate based on that. Or yeah. press a button when you see this thing on screen, and I'll calibrate your video to that. And I've tried that numerous times, and it seems wrong every time. <laughs> like, just straight up wrong. Um, so I've tried to dial in the numbers. The best numbers I've found, actually, I have to set a negative number on my video. Like, make the video earlier, please, rather than later. Uh, that, um, is it just, like, at a certain point, some weird, like, almost a UI problem of the game, where it's, like, your interpretation of when the beat is that the game is trying to tell you is not what the game is actually trying to tell you. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I have absolutely no idea. Um, yeah, so I've had to set my numbers to something pretty weird to make it work well on my TV, um, which is where I want to play because that's where my sound system is. You know, mm. it's it's a music game. I want to be able to hear it. Like well, you can play it with headphones too. Those head, yeah. Music headphones is another way to get good sound in your ears. Yeah, true, true. But it's a party. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Fuser, Fuser is. Uh, Harmonix's attempt to make something else out of the technology that was in Dropmix, because Dropmix didn't blow up as no. big as they'd hoped. Um, but the technology in it is really sweet. Um, so this is it follows the same idea in that there's there's a whole load of tracks in the game, and you can drop stems from those tracks in, and the game will very cleverly keep them all in time and in key and all that stuff for you. So you can make really weird mashups of uh, of of everything that's there, pretty much, and they they already have a fairly big DLC library that's pretty expensive. Let's be honest, um, but you know these DLCs for these games always are. Uh, as, yeah, so there's, there's a huge amount of possibility there, um, and the tooling here is like even is goes far beyond what you had in Dropmix, and so you can not only use dropping the um, up to you get you get four stems now rather than five, but you can so you can you can drop four stems onto into it to play at any any time. But you get more controls like you can you can manually adjust crazy low pass filters or stutter effects and do all that stuff. You can fade out tracks and set their volumes on the fly. You can queue up a whole load of new of other stems to play. So at the press of a button, they all swap in at once. Uh, and things like the game will give you cues on when it might make sense to swap stuff in not just at the end of bars. Like, it'll be like, this is a pickup point. If you drop it in there, it will sound nice and we'll give you points for a pickup instead of just just a bar timing, which I wish they did on the effects as well because there are definitely times where it sounds cool to do effect at a time that's not just on the 4x4 bar beat and it's like, but the game doesn't recognise that and you go like, yeah, that sounded cool. And the game goes, no, nah, you messed that up. And it's like, well, yeah, screw you then. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is where the problems begin. Uh, the tooling and the technology is great. 
the game kind of sucks. Ah, <laughs> god damn it! Come they still on. haven't found a way of making this all kind of fit with within a game structure. Like, so the way the campaign works is it's it's one massive tutorial, effectively. Like every level is, we're introducing a new part of the tooling system to you. Um, um, and the annoying part of that is, is if you go back and play older levels, it's like the newer systems are locked out, so you can't use them at all. So going back to play older levels with your newfound skills is kind of not a thing. Mm. So you have to go back and play those levels with your old skills <coughs> and limited skills. And most annoyingly, with all the tutorial pop-ups still in place. Um, there's no way of replaying levels, turning those off, it seems. Um, so the way, the way it scores you is, it like, there's a request. There's two different ways the games can request things of you. There's, like, um, the fixed parameters of the of the level, which pop up in a little box on the right. So, so it will be like, okay, you need two tracks from the, from the 90s playing right now. Um, and you need to hold that for four bars or something like that. Or be, you need to, uh, during this segment, I want you to take a couple of drum tracks off, for instance, or maybe like we're, we're winding down. So leave it, leave it, leave only one disc playing right now. Leave only one stem on the, on the table. Mm. So you're, uh, and it gives you a, a limited period of time in which to fulfill those requests. You've got to manipulate the tools quickly enough to get what the, what the event producer, I guess, wants. And get that and get that playing, which is fine. It's a way of driving it. You've got to do all those actions in time. You've got to hit the beats. You get, but you get more points, I think, for doing more actions. So you can fulfill those, but you could also be like muting tracks on the beat or um, swapping things out very frequently <laughs> to gain more points. Which I think kind of sucks because it's like if you find a, a a combination you like, you kind of just want to let it sit for a while and enjoy it. Um, Whereas the game is basically encouraging you to constantly do stuff, which messes with that. Um, right. Also, it's really not very clear how you like then take that to earn more points. It's like if I'm just if I'm literally just doing stuff, it's like okay, which one of these things that I'm doing is actually the way to score decent money? <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> right. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't tell me that. So when I come out of a stage having fulfilled every single one of the main requests and also crowd requests, which can come up randomly. Well, they're not super random. There are points where it's like they are going. They are going to happen, but what they might ask for can be random, um, and you get more points for. Um, fulfilling those requests quickly um, and if there's multiple requests you get a combo bonus if you manage to find one thing that fulfills all of those requests at once which is clearly the trick right um, right but it's not obvious yeah. it'll be like hey I really like some horns hey I'd really like some rap I know I can play the bass line from, from 50 cents in the club because that's made of horns <laughs> <laughs> so I notice. So, well, and I happen to have that in my crate right now. We'll never pick a request that you don't have in your right crate table. at the time. Yeah. Um, so it's like, right, great, I can fulfill that if I drop that in. Brilliant. Um, but sometimes you could be faffing with other stuff, and you kind of don't end. You end up with not enough time to fulfill the request quite right. You know, things like that. So it's there's a little bit of a juggling act going on, and there's a little bit of gaminess there. But that's kind of it, and it's. It's not like a rhythm game where it's basically asking me to like hit things perfectly. It's like it's trying to be freestyle, but as a result, loses some of the you know being technically good at it. I don't know. 
and it's it's it, what it calls technically good isn't necessarily agrees with what I think is good. <laughs> so it's it's weird, and I don't don't think the game part really pulls that off. I and the, my my problem is is like if I if I'm going to go through the campaign like and finish it all off, I then don't have don't have them unless it unlocks and I can't see it right now. There's no real challenge mode to be like okay, I want to be able to up the difficulty of every single track like you could in Rock Band or Guitar Hero or something right, like yeah. be like okay now I've got the skills let's go back and play Killer Queen on Expert and on see Expert. how yeah um and I don't really think there's going to be any equivalent of that here mm. so it's it's a weird one the 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 tech is good as a toy it's still good it's probably yeah you know and it's more flexible than drop mix in that respect you can do you can do quite a bit with it um and make some quite impressive stuff. Um, they just haven't figured out how to put a game around it. And it's a bit of a shame. Do you think... I don't know. Do you have any idea how they could do it? Or I, I don't, honestly. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's like, I, I guess the closest they ever come was like a DJ hero or something yeah. like that. But, yeah, it's, but well, you know, I... I would quite like it if they just brought back the. Why didn't they just put drop mix in there? There's yeah. nothing stopping them from making the sort of card-like game, but just you know, just put it in there. <laughs> Use the technology and just put it there. Like the drop mix card battle, probably would have been a better game than what we've ended up with. Mm. Um, uh, what if they pulled in drop mix's puzzle mode, for instance, which is a slightly different take on the whole thing? They could have put put that in there. Um, because then, then the puzzle mode in Drop Mix was great, because, and even the card mode, because the music's just playing while you're thinking about how to do your turn. So you're enjoying something you created without the pressure of having to change it. <laughs> if yeah. you know what I mean. So then, yeah. so then the, playing your action would be like, would always be satisfying because it would not only do a thing to, to, to advance you, yeah, or... to advance the game, but it would change the, the audio landscape. Uh, yeah. landscape. And so I think that was more successful. Oh, come on, Fuser. Oh, it's still really great it. tech, though. If you really, if you just want to dick around with it. Oh, well, <laughs> that's the other problem. You can't really just dick around with it because everything's locked behind leveling up your player character. So you've got to le- you have got to go through the campaign. You have got to play the levels. You've got to earn enough player level in order to get enough music and style tokens so you can unlock how the more songs so you can unlock how more crazy looks for it so i'm forced into this loop i can't just unlock everything off the bat and just have fun with with the tools i've got to go through the campaign it's problematic Hmm. well Oh, and also anytime they they try and do the the, yeah they try and do the cool producer kind of cutscene stuff as well and it they are awful oh no and the faces look bad Doctor Dre or something (laughs) well like like you walk up to a DJ set and you're supposed to be like coming up to someone who's like in the biz or whatever and they're like yo how's it going I'm gonna go get a taco do you want to come get me a taco with me this is, this is so zen right now. I was like, whoa. And, I'm like, and my eyes are way too big for my face. Whoa. <laughs> it's, 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 it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> Don't try and never try and do that. No one does that well. No. 
I mean, it's bad enough <laughs> in fucking FIFA. Dirt free. <laughs> or, or, or race, docker race car driver or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, as, as Zach said, Dirt 3. It's like, hey, you should put that on YouTube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, you gonna look some crazy money? Are you ready? <laughs> that's acceptable. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yeah. So that's my uh, that's my rent for the week. It's like good, good, good tech. No game. One of these days, harmonics, you're gonna hit something again. I'll strike gold somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've used all the easy ideas at this point, though. That's cool. I wonder if they need to just drop the idea of making a rhythm, a music game, but use their music tech. If you see what I mean, make a normal ass game, but use their music tech to enhance it. Why don't you just make Res? Everyone should just make Res. I mean, just give up on other kinds of games. <laughs> Have a go. I'd quite like to see a harmonics take on Res. Yeah. With licensed I... tracks and crazy net stuff going on. How, how rad could that be? Well, like a combination of that with the early games like what am i thinking of well they did do that um remake of amplitude yeah um yeah i did go back and play actually relatively recently because it's because it's all right (laughs) it's amplitude what was it frequency and then Uh, yeah frequency was the first one and then amplitude was the second and then they remade amplitude for ps4 um but with different music um yeah, Amplitude on PS4 had the problem where it was a Kickstarter project, so they didn't right, have enough yeah, funds yeah. to really license very much music. So it was all in-house stuff, yeah. and it's yeah. so it's not as good. No. Um, the best stuff is the stuff you eventually unlock that, is, that are basically stolen from other games. Like playing um, Crypt of the Necro Dancer music in Amplitude is pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. So that's that. Uh, that that will be me. I think that's nearly a podcast, isn't it? We're actually on time. Thanks to no news. Thanks to no news. Heavens above. Amazing. Um, what have, what else have we got going on? There's some Deus Ex videos going up on there YouTube. There is. So that's why I, that's why I played a bit of that for you guys. Second um, part coming soon. Yep. Part three, I'll have to figure out how I can run that on this ridiculous monitor. <laughs> it may cause problems, but I'll see Let's see what we can do. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another Salacast uh, where there will be more news. So uh, have a good couple of weeks and catch you then. Bye. Um, I mean, we can't guarantee there'll be more news. No, but... but... There might be one piece of different news, unless you're going to make the news. Are you going to make the news? Are you news? Are you talking to me or to the listeners? I'm sure they'll make some news for us. (laughs) We can talk about it. (laughs) Bye.